And part of what this process is, is about taking those negative patterns of behavior and thought and feeling and like severing them. And it is not a cult. Uh, so you're going to Minnesota for that festival tomorrow. How long is it? It's, I'm going to be there for five days, six days. That's kind of fun. Are you excited? I am excited and nervous a little bit. You are? Why are you nervous? Just to be around people. Like you never know how people are going to take the no masking distancing thing, you know? I do know people are wild. (laughs) And also like sometimes I just forget. I get like excited and I just forget and I go to hug someone and then I'm like, no. I mean, yeah. How are you? I'm back. Are you, you're back? Are you here? You look good. Do I? Yeah. Do I look different? You look (laughs) <laughs> you look good. I recognize you. Oh, good. Yeah, I am the same. <laughs> I know. I know. I look the same. But um, you look peaceful. I'll say you look peaceful. I feel very different. I I feel like I'm talking about someone in um at a wake. That's not the always like. That's she okay. Looks you very... can talk. You can talk about me like I've died. It's okay. I kind of <laughs> did. So <gasps> wait, wait, wait. My realtor's calling me. Did you see that thing that we have to? We got kicked out of this yes. rental. I mean, yes. fuck off. Well, good news. What's we the found good a, news? We found a place. Oh, great. Here's the deal, guys. Um, right before I went into my retreat to find myself, to center myself, to do whatever the fuck I was going to do. Here's what I want to say. So I went to the Hoffman Institute. Okay. A lot of people wrote in and they were like, Busy's going to Hoffman. I know it. Apparently, this is a thing that's been talked about about on a lot of podcasts. So I'm joining the likes of Jay Shetty. <laughs> I don't. I, I had to look up who that was. I didn't know who he was, but he people love him. Okay, now you know. Do you yeah. know who he is? Yeah. Did he used to be an actor? I don't know. He's like a spiritual guru now, right? Yeah. 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 I feel like he used to be an actor. Like okay. a long time. Anyway, but what, maybe I, maybe I'm wrong. But also, I'm proof that you can be many things. <laughs> I, <laughs> maybe you're a spiritual guru now. I might be. We don't. I, we actually. I am open to all possibilities, Casey. In this moment, That's I just so want good. you to know. That's great. Um, so apparently, he talked about it on a podcast. I think someone at the place said that they had heard about it from Jen Atkin talking about it on a podcast. Okay. Uh, and Oliver Hudson, I knew Ollie had gone because okay. I remember when he went. Because I've, here's what I'm going to say. I first heard about the Hoffman Institute many moons ago, years ago, in fact, probably yeah. before you and I really knew each other very well. And I found out about it from a search engine called Google. <laughs> Um, and, oh, wait, wait, let's tell people uh-huh. about it because I think sometimes people well, think I I'm Google. I, I, am ve- I am very good 
at a Google search. And yes. here's what I want to say to you out there if you're not. The more specificity you can give Google, the better. So yes. for instance, you're like self-help retreat, California, not religious, mental health. That's like what I probably Googled. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Um, or like I Googled when I was trying to find the place where Mark and I ended up getting married all those many, 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 many years ago. I Googled like cool downtown Los Angeles space to have a party, like a dinner party, or perhaps an art opening. I'm there not even kidding. Yeah, like the specificity is key. That is why the search engine Google yields such great results for me. You can pull up a little infographic on like tips for using Google more effectively. Sometimes there's like a plus sign involved. Sometimes there's quotations. If oh yeah, need- quotations. If you're looking for like a specific, like a book, you're like, I know it was, the book was called Reproductive Justice is not just a woman's game or something like I, right. whatever. I'm just making that up. That's not a book. If you need Maybe the words is. to be together, like if you, if you want to look up peanut butter sandwich, but you want it to definitely be not just results showing peanut butter and not just results showing sandwiches. You put peanut butter sandwich in quotes and then Google will return results for the most part pertaining to peanut butter sandwiches. But there's all kinds of little tips. There's ways to exclude terms, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I... Busy, I cannot, you don't do this, but I can't tell you how many people call me to ask me something like, what is this thing? And I'm like, you just dialed up, you found my phone number in your phone to call me and ask me a thing that you could have looked up on the very phone. How about, how about when people, um, when you make a plan with someone and they say, great, you pick the restaurant and I say the name of restaurant and then they say, where is it? (laughs) And then I say, it's on Google.com. That's not for me. (laughs) So anyway, I had heard about Hoffman a long time ago. I then talked to people over the years who, and I was like very interested in it, very curious about it. Those of you who read my book know some of the stuff. And then, you know, you don't know a lot of the stuff. I'm just going to be real. You don't know a lot of the stuff because a lot of the stuff is trapped in a little trap door that was under about 10 feet of granite that also was around parts of my heart, I would say. Yeah. And I was having, you know, this has been a time. Yeah. And... When I was in LA, I think I said that, told this story on the podcast, but when I was in LA, my friend Amanda came over, was in the backyard with Kiki. I went in to start mac and cheese for cricket inside the house. In like a bell ringing, I heard Amanda say Hoffman Institute. And I like ran outside and I was like, wait, you've gone to the Hoffman Institute? Should I do it? I want to do it. And she was like, this is the simplest thing she said. And I feel like it really held so true for me and my experience. 
She said, in my 30 years of therapy, it was the single most valuable thing that I've ever done. And I was like, whoa. And I was like, I know, but finding that week to go away and it's always like kind of sold out online or whatever. She's like, sometimes they have cancellations. Let me just put you in touch with the people that, that like schedule it or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, okay. She put me on a text. I taught how to talk with the woman and she was like, they have a campus in Connecticut as well that they use. They do retreats out of Connecticut in addition to the Northern California. And it's been 50 years. This guy, Bob Hoffman, started this, this process 50 years yeah. ago. Uh, and it's a week-long intensive, intense as fuck, embodied, very physical therapy thing that looks at, has you look at all of the negative patterns and behaviors and belief systems that don't serve you. And in fact, sometimes they do to a certain point, right? Like we know that sometimes like rage sort of has been a, a driving force for me in my life, like mm-hmm. propelling me forward to succeed and do things. Yeah. But ultimately, like, I was getting to a point where, I'm literally, like, right before I got there, where I was like, I am going to, die, like, I'm going to kill myself. Like, not kill myself, like, take my own life. Like, I'm internalizing so much pain. I am in so much fucking pain all the time. I can't stop crying. I can't stop grieving. There's no end to the anger and rage and pain I feel in myself all the fucking time. And that's just what it's, that's just just gonna like manifest itself and I'm gonna like end up, you know, somehow, whatever. And it's just, I'm miserable, like miserable. Yeah. So I went. (laughs) First of all, they take, when they take your phones, I have to tell you, I had the first 24 hours were interesting for many reasons because they're like sort of, they're introducing you to a lot of the like sort of like activities and what's going to be expected of you. And they're giving you, there's a lot of like classroom time where they're like explaining a lot of theories to you and a lot of ideas of how they're going to break us free of these fucking things. Yeah. And then, uh, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot. It's a full, you're there for a week and every day starts, you know, around 7.30 in the morning. And then you don't end until, I mean, I, w- I would pass out at 10.30 at night, basically, right, 10.30, right. 11 at night. But you're like doing work sort of constantly. It's just- Exhausting. It's exhausting, but it's also like- so that first 24 hours, I mean, I was having like phone panic kind really? of. Really? You yeah. thought it would be easy, but it wasn't as I easy as you I didn't think it was going to be easy, but like the night before, I mean, again, here's what we're up against. The night before I was leaving, or no, it was the, mor- the morning. <laughs> I think I was driving there and our, my realtor called me and she was like, so some news, the people who uh, you rent 
yes. this house from have sold the house and you have to be out in three weeks. And I was like, fantastic. I am yes. turning my phone off in 45 <laughs> minutes and I will talk to you in a week. Yeah. So it's also, guys, like that is, it was, it's nuts. Like it is a little bit fucking crazy. So that, there was that. Mark's mother is currently in the hospital still. Oh. And uh, and I knew that he would be sort of dealing with that. And then on top of it, you know, having two kids. And so it wasn't like I wanted to check and everything else that I have going on in my life and everything else that everybody I know has yeah. going on in their yeah. lives. And so it wasn't like the phone panic was like that I wanted to check Instagram. No, you just wanted It was to... like I just felt very nervous. Yeah. <sighs> but that did go away because Mark's mom was having a procedure done once I heard that it was good, had gone well and everything, yeah. then I felt like, okay, well, I got that message. So if something right. else does happen, they will tell me. Like, right. I did have a minute where I was like, are they even going to tell me? And I think I asked, oh, I did. I did. In the first, in the very first, like, orientation session, I raised my hand and I said, so if something fucking terrible happens in the world, will you guys please promise to tell us? Because I cannot, like, come out of here after seven right. days and find out that, like, right. the, you know, whatever. Some Aliens th- landed. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Do you remember when Jared Leto was, like, on some two-week silent retreat and came out of the two-week silent retreat and COVID had happened? And oh god, and the world was on lockdown. I don't remember that, but yeah, wild. That's wild. That's I so funny. Sl- yeah, I know. It's so what weird. You're, what you're telling me totally reminds me of when my son Lincoln was born. We moved from Brooklyn, New York to Connecticut um, for a number of reasons. But the only day he was going to be a C-section delivery because I'd already had a C-section. And the only day my personal obstetrician could do it was on the day that we'd already contracted to move into our new house. <laughs> and I was like, I have That's a choice. That's a real Sophie's choice. Yeah, I have a choice. I can like lose all the money or I can like have a stranger cut me open and take my baby out. So I was like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go have this baby and I'm going to ask all the people who a million times have said, if you need anything, call us. I'm going to ask the two best ones who I think really meant it to, yes, we need you, move us into our house. And so that's what they did. These friends of ours, Michael and Kathy, friends of ours from college, met the moving van and moved us into our house. But as they were rolling me into the operating room, Matt felt his pocket and leaned down and whispered, I have the keys to the new house in my pocket. And no. we were in like another state and I just no. said, I don't care. <laughs> I was like, they'll figure it out. They'll figure, they'll figure it, it out. out. They they'll get in. They have to figure it out. I'm they'll busy. call a locksmith. I'm busy about going to get cut open. So <laughs> how did they get in? They were just about to punch out the window and they just figured we'd replace the window. But then they found a window that was open and got in through the window. <laughs> Well, that's part of, I mean, just really following that spirit as part of the whole Hoffman Institute. <laughs> but anyway, so so my week, like, it's hard because I don't want to, um, I don't want to, I understand now what they say, like, you don't want to share too much of what 
it is or even like the specific experiences because I get it. I would be skeptical myself, you know, of basically anything. But here's what what I'm going to say, which is, you might think this is crazy, Casey. I've been waiting to talk to you. I wanted to call you so badly. I know. I I, wanted to too. And then I I was also trying to like give you space to be with your family. And also like, I just figured we'd talk about it, you know, and record Well, so- that was my, no, wait, I literally was like, I feel like it's going to be a better podcast <laughs> if I don't call you. <laughs> I know. Well, I think we have been doing that a little bit just in life before this, but th- for this, definitely, like I wanted to, you know, I just wanted to hear it when, when you were ready to say it and I wanted to record it. So it'd be a good podcast because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm the producer of this podcast. Well, At the end of the day, you are. (laughs) Oh, each and every, each and every, each and every. We all have high standards when it comes to our self-care. That's why we're so happy that we found each and every. You guys know what? We've talked about each and every. I'm obsessed with it. It's my favorite deodorant. Casey loves it, too. And it just happens to be a natural deodorant too. I got to tell you something. I am somebody who, whilst a lot of my beauty has not necessarily been quote unquote clean, deodorant is something that I have long felt very strongly about and have been looking for the best natural deodorant out there. And I've tried them all and I've had some not great success rates with them. But each and every is the best it's so smooth going on. Like, have you ever tried a natural deodorant that like cuts your armpit because it's so hard? I have. Um, the scents are incredible. Uh, I am obsessed with coconut and lime. That's my current favorite. But lavender and lemon, cedar and vanilla. I mean, so good. It's designed for one and all. It's not just for ladies, not just for men. It's for everybody, and it really works. It's been found to fight odor as well as an antiperspirant without aluminum. Plus, each and every is made with simple, safe ingredients. It's sensitive, skin-friendly, and I have the most sensitive. It's cruelty-free and vegan. And all of each and every's deodorants are sustainably packaged, made from sugarcane, which is a carbon-negative material. What? So why don't you find out for yourself why each and every has over 15,000 five-star reviews. We have an awesome deal to get you started. 30% off your first purchase of each and every. Just go to our special URL, eachandevery.com slash best and use promo code BEST30. Don't miss out on 30% off. Use promo code BEST30 at eachandevery.com slash best. Oh, he looks sleep. He looks sleep. Not even a joke, guys. Wish I would have sent my Helix mattress right on over to that retreat. I think I would have benefited greatly from it. Um, It's hard sometimes when you don't know why you're not sleeping well. And then you're like, ew, it's my mattress. A lot of us forget that you have to replace a mattress. A lot of times we think, oh, I just can't sleep because politics, pandemic, heartbroken, drama, whatever. Sometimes it's just your mattress, guys. Um, Helix has a quiz 
takes two minutes to complete, matches your body type and sleep preference to the perfect mattress for you. Everyone's unique and Helix knows that. So they have several different mattresses to choose from. Soft, medium, firm mattresses that cool you down if you sleep hot. I have a friend who sleeps hot. And even Helix Plus mattress for plus size folks. I took the Helix quiz and I need a firm mattress, guys. I sleep on my back and it's the best thing for me, this mattress. It's a huge upgrade. And delivery and setting up was very easy and very fast. And it's soft, but still firm and supportive. I love it. So if you're looking for a mattress, take the quiz, order the mattress that you're matched to. The mattress comes right to your door, ship for free. You don't ever have to go to a mattress store again. And by the way, who wants to go to a mattress store? Ew. Helix is awesome, but you don't have to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Go to helix.com slash best. Take the two-minute sleep quiz. And they're going to match you to a customized mattress that's going to give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They're even going to pick it up for you if you don't love it. But I'm going to tell you one thing right now. You will. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash best. That's helixsleep.com slash best. Um, listen, I, there is, a, there are parts of my being that I thought were just a given and that they were there and they would always be there. Mm -hmm. And that my job in mental health work and all of those things was to manage it and to figure out tricks to manage it. Yeah. So it is truly fucking wild for me to say to you right now that those things are gone. Wow. Like they're melted away and gone. I'm not holding, I'm not holding the resentment and the hatred and the anger and the pain. Like my body doesn't even hurt anymore. Wow. That's a big deal for you. Which is weird. Yeah. But it's been released. And I just feel so unbelievably grateful and compassionate towards so many people in my life who I had such a hard time some of whom I thought I would never feel compassion for, ever. Yeah. Some of whom I have said, I hate you. Like, I fucking hate you. Yeah. And meant it when I said it and thought like, well, I'm going to feel this for the rest of my fucking life. <sighs> it's like weird fucking heavy, heavy, heavy. We've talked about like generational trauma stuff. Yeah. How when your mother is in the womb of her mother, you are already an egg inside of her being yeah. formed at the same time. It's no wonder. 
And part of what this process is, is about taking those negative patterns of behavior and thought and feeling and like severing them so that they end with you. Yeah. And they don't continue on. And it is not a cult. <laughs> and and it's not and it's not a Ponzi scheme. They don't ask you for anything after except, you know, they offer support and yeah. they have lots of free support. Yeah. And then if you want a coach or, you know, whatever, like if you want to continue doing some work, they they give you, they arm you with lots of tools, not tricks, like actual tools to help you continue to do some of these things. Yeah. And, uh, but when I tell, like, I, it is, so basically it's like a fucking magic trick. It's like a yeah. fucking magic trick. Yeah. And like from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And there were points where I was like skeptical and like this is not going to happen and whatever. Like I, there was, there were many things happened during. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I had lots of revelations. You do a lot of, if you guys are interested, I highly recommend that you go to the Hoffman website and read the like Bob Hoffman's thing for negative love syndrome or whatever. It's like 26 pages. It's kind of like an investment in time, I will say. So, but if you are, if you're like a person like me who has felt like, you know, yeah, they have wait lists too. Get on the wait lists. <laughs> Get on the wait lists. They have live calls where they can like, they sort of like walk you through what it is. I think they have um, weekly calls. And they do like a, um, like an abbreviated version. At least they have in the past, like an online abbreviated version. I think they can... actually, that just started during COVID actually. Yeah, yeah. I, read, yeah. I did a little reading myself while you were. Oh, it's the path to personal freedom and love. Okay. is the written by Bob Hoffman. It's like okay. a little booklet that offers insight into the principles. Anyway, it's like it's crazy. Like I it does feel it does feel like kind of wild and like I fundamentally have changed who I am. I don't know what what people want to know about it and I don't want to spend too much time but like talking about my own personal growth, but <laughs> um, and my shedding of my of my years and years and years of pain, guilt, shame, suffering. Because I do want to say this. I think that I think that a big part of my uh persona and a big part of my public facing person I it is known for being incredibly authentic and real. And I don't want to discredit that side of myself because that exists and is, 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 it yeah. is. But, and also, <laughs> and also, um, 
you know, you can know things intellectually and say things out loud intellectually knowing them about yourself, about others, about situations you're in, about traumas you've experienced, big big and small T traumas, about all kinds of things. You can intellectualize it and know it and espouse the wisdom and still in that little darkest part of your heart have all of those messages that say the opposite to your soul whispering at all times like, yeah, but all men are fucking disgusting and they just want to fuck you. And you're disgusting for even wanting to fuck anyone, in, you know, in return. And being a woman is the worst. Being a woman is disgusting. Like all of these like little things that I've been, have been fighting against my whole life. And, you know, with varying degrees of success, I would say. Yeah. But, but, fuck, man, the breakthroughs that I was able to have at this place. And like, it's not that I'm not emotional. Obviously, I'm still an emotional person. That's part of authentically who the fuck I am. Yeah. But the weight of some of this, some of like almost all of this shit has just like really been exercised out of me. And by the way, I was trying to fucking exercise it out of me right. for years. Right. And then I had to like exorcise it. See, guys, see what I'm saying? Do you see what see I'm saying? What, I see Do you understand? Yeah. This might be boring now. I don't even know what to tell you. Okay, I'll give you- it's boring. I'm interested okay. in hearing. It's really- So anyway, so they tell you, so like you go through this whole fucking super intense thing. At the beginning of the week, my teacher, Drew, shout out to Drew. He does the Hoffman Process podcast. Can't <laughs> wait. Can't wait to be a guest. Uh, my teacher, Drew, was incredible, offered so much support. Tr- truly, I had one evening of a day of activities with six hours of activities like along around the same kind of thing. And I had a... And everybody was reacting in like a in one way to it. Mm-hmm. And I had like a very opposite trigger reaction to it and l- literally lost my fucking shit. And Drew just like went outside with me and just so non-judgmentally just leaned against this table ask, you know, and I was like freaking the fuck out. And he was just like gently asking me some questions, but also just like holding space for me to be able to grieve what I needed to grieve. Yeah. And he kept saying to me, like, Busy, I promise you, I know the grief feels never ending. It's a well. It's a well and there's a bottom. And you where this is an intensive for this is called an intensive for a reason cuz we're going to fucking get you to the fucking bottom so you can get out and that's yeah that's i mean that is exactly we went to like the fucking center of the earth of my grief and rage and trauma and pain and sadness Anyway, 
what was I saying? Oh, the first day. But Drew is like very concerned about people knowing who I was and like having that affect either my ability to do the process because it's so much group yeah. oriented. Like you have, yeah. you do, you do independent work, but you like have to be in these groups. It's like part right. of how you learn too. Right. Like you see other people, like people talk and sh- and then you're like, oh, wait, that, yes. Oh, uh, uh. And um, so he was concerned about that. And like literally like the first day, this woman who ended up like we became really good friends. She was like, I just have to get this out of the way. I'm so excited that you're here. <laughs> like, uh, I saw you, I read your book. And she was so, she was so sweet. And I loved her so much immediately that yeah. Then she was like, later was like, I have to apologize for the first day. I was like, please don't. I'm obsessed with you. Like, it's fine. And I didn't let it. I think that there's a possibility that if I had gone there at any other time, I might have let it impact the way that I was participating or being in it. But I truly, Casey, you know how, how bad it was before I left. Yeah, I know you were. You were struggling, but I'm glad you were open to it and you didn't let that, you know. No. And then it turned out that like several people had read my book and then also like knew who I was and whatever. And it was totally fine. Um, (laughs) Then I became friends with this one guy and like we, you become friends with everybody. It's like, it's hard to explain. It's so fucking intense. He's my age. We were both born in 79. You're not supposed to talk about what you do. Okay. That's, oh, that's a huge part of it. That's I a should huge say. Part. Yeah, it's a huge part. You don't talk about what you do. So you have no fucking idea until the very end what anyone else does, oh, unless okay. they happen to be like me or you know right, whatever right. or in the public sphere. Yeah, lots of people have gone. You know, I'm not like the only moderately famous human who's Justin Bieber went. He did, but he left after a couple days. That's what he I did. Yes. He wasn't ready for it. Oh, yeah. I could just, he said he wasn't ready for it at that time, according to what I read. The God. I guess, I think Katy Perry went. Oh, yes. I know that she did. That was, yeah. That was also, and I think she had a really positive experience. I think she did. Yes. Yeah. Well, everybody that I've talked to who had gone had all had good experiences. So I will say that. Like, I had never heard of anybody. Justin Bieber is the first person that I've heard of who left. I don't, but, yeah, in a, it, he didn't say he had a negative experience, just that he wasn't ready for it. I 100% could understand that, especially because he's still quite young. Very young and also very, very famous. There's no chance in hell nobody there didn't know what he did. So Right, so you would be sort of hemmed in by right. your own insecurity of the experience. If, right. Because some of what you do, guys, I'm not going to lie, is a little bonkers. Yeah. A little, a little bonkers. But anyway, we were sitting at lunch and two women were like, we really weren't supposed to talk about my job. But like, it was something, something like very specific that pertained to like the exercise we had just done. Yeah. I can't remember what the fuck it was. Something. And so one of the women said something to me like, oh, you must get free shit all the time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, actually I do. But, you know, it is what it is, whatever, it's fine. So then later I saw my bro and he was like, wait, did you tell anyone, did you tell anyone what you do? We're not supposed to do that. What, how did they know what you do? And I was like, uh, bro? <laughs> I was like, wait, you don't know what I do? He's, 
<laughs> he was like, no. And I was like, I mean, I'm an, I'm an actor and like I had my own talk show and the look on his face, he totally disbelieving, like as if, like as if I was making it up. And I was like, bro, I'm like, dude, people know who I am. And he was like, well, I don't. And I was like, okay, well, that's honestly not, not my problem. But also, how do you not know who I am? I, cause it was just like, not that you guys, I have never had this experience ever in my life where I was like in disbelief, but I was like, we're the exact same age. I could tell that like we were sort of like into the similar types of things pop culture wise. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, how do you not, how do you fucking not know? I was like, did you ever watch Freaks and Geeks? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I watched that show. I, I don't really remember it. It was so long ago. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, I'm also a New York Times bestselling author. So is that impressio? <laughs> like, and then I just like was, went full on. Like, anyway, it was really funny. You're not for him, busy. I, w- I was not, I was not for him. But I will say that uh, he did uh, let me know post process that um, his sister and girlfriend were both excited. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I was like, you knew who I was. It's like, I really did not know who the fuck you were. When I worked for David Letterman, people didn't know who he was. No, plenty of people don't know who the fuck I am. That that wasn't what was surprising. It was like the, it was like the way I just made the assumption based on like his age and context, context clues led me to believe surely this bro Watched Dawson's Creek in college with his girlfriend or whatever. And no, uh, uh, no, like blank, (laughs) drawing a blank. I don't exist. It was, Uh, I was like, testified before Congress, (laughs) dude. Anyway. Oh, so at the beginning, Drew was like, they give you this privacy talk, like not to tell about other people's experiences or why they're there or what they go through or whatever, obviously. And Drew was like, I'm going to make sure that that's even more apparent because we don't want people, I don't know, yeah. talking about you being right. there, whatever. Right. Yeah. And he was like, are you concerned about that? And I was like, I don't think I am, but like, I'll let you know if I feel like I should be or whatever, or right. if I feel like I am in some way. So he's like, I think you'll see at the end of the week why you're not going to be. And like, right. sure enough, by the end of the week, like you have such a wild, deep intimacy with these other 25 people or 24 right. people or whatever it was, that it the idea that anyone would, like, call a publication and, like, talk about what I did at the Hoffman Institute is insane. Like, it would be, right. like, it would feel crazy. And then I also have to say, if they did, my heart would just go out to them because I would feel like, well, they must be really in so much pain and, like... And I would just feel bad, you know? Right, right. Um, but so that they give you the talk again about privacy right before you leave. And they also like talk to you about how to sort of re-enter the world because you've been gone and you've gone right. through this like profound experience and you feel different and lighter and like all of these things. And But all the people that you've left in your life have had the same week. <laughs> Of right. their of life that they've always had, right. and maybe even more stressful because you were gone. Right. So, like, to be how to like be conscientious about reentry and all that stuff. But they 
they do encourage you to take the entire weekend for yourself and like stay in nature. And the one thing that they kept saying, they're like, you are, you guys, the work we've been doing here is like so intense and so deep and so wild that you are right now in an altered state. You might not feel like you are here. Right. But when you go into the world, you might understand what we're saying. And we really encourage you to like let, like come down easy is essentially what they're saying. Yeah. So Mark had to go be with his mom in Maryland. And it was a little bit tricky for us to figure out like who's going to stay with the kids because Cricket won't sleep for anyone at this point, except for like me or Mark. But Ileana, our beloved nanny, is in New York with the new family she's working for right now. And so she was able to come and spend Friday night with Cricket. So I was like, okay, I'll just take, you get out like Friday, 2 p.m. You get your phones back. It's so weird. It. I didn't know how to turn my fucking phone on, Casey. I'd uh, forgotten. Because <laughs> you never turn it on and off. I never do. Well, I guess that's probably a really good point. Yeah, I guess I never <laughs> did. So anyway, so I, can't, I was like, I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm not going to like, I didn't have any plans. Most people like had booked an Airbnb for the weekend in the woods or like another little lodge retreat place or something else. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know. I didn't feel anything before I went. I was like, I'm just going to have to come straight back to New York to the kids and I won't take that time and it'll be fine. But then at 2 PM when I got out, I was like, nope, I really get it now. Like I do feel like I need to at least take today to sort of like make sure that this stuff kind of get solidified inside yeah. of me. Yeah. And I don't I didn't want to rush the process um of reentry. But I was like a little bit like, I'm just gonna follow my spirit. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing I did was I turned my phone on and it had been raining all morning. In Connecticut. Most of the week was beautiful. And then, and there was the full moon was on the day when we did like literally the wildest, most transformative, craziest shit. Yeah. Craziest. (laughs) I timeline jumped. I like, I did it. Oh, I did it. I'm like fucking done. Casey, (laughs) I like healed generational trauma. (laughs) I, like, spoke with my ancestors. Like, I don't even know how to describe to you, like, how fucking insane and magnificent and beautiful and profound this fucking shit was. But it had been raining all morning. We got our – we're done at 2 p.m. Everybody, like, hugs and says goodbye and, you know, like, says their thank yous to, you know, and all of the things that you needed to say to people. Yeah. And then I got in my car. I didn't want to talk to anyone on the phone. So I just texted Mark and I texted another person in my life. And I was just sitting there like just trying to like feel this. What do I, you know, really getting in touch with like this moment? And you know me. 
What did I do? What did, what could I not wait to do? Put your music on. Because what, what are you not allowed to have the whole fucking week? No music. Your own music. They play music. There is music. They play music. Yeah. But it's like, like, you know, there's like birthing theories where they like don't want anyone. Maybe it's Scientology. But, <laughs> but like, I feel like there's like some birthing thing where like they want everyone to be really quiet when the baby's that's, born. That's Scientology. Yeah. 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 I feel like that was similar though in the vi- in the music vibe at basically all they asked at Hoffman and they but they did say specifically no music is that like we use we've like built up all of these things to help yeah. us deal right yes. and they're just like just put those things down for one week and let us do our thing yeah i mean to be fair music i find can be a huge psychological crutch for people because you are able to fill your time numbing yourself with it, distancing yourself from other people. You can't hear other people when you're listening to Mm. your beautiful music. Mm -hmm. You can dominate a conversation talking about the music that you like. That's a really typical thing that you see. And like, especially, you know, I always pin it on guys, but sometimes women do it too. But guys love to tell you about all the facts they know about music and all the trivia and like concerts that they've seen. And it really, really like, it's something that I've noticed like my whole life. And like, you kind of laugh it off like, oh, that person's like a music snob or whatever. But it really, really can be like a crutch that people use to, you know, to push other people away or to numb themselves out or whatever. So I I think that makes sense. It does. And I think that in especially the last few years, I had used it in like many substances (laughs) in my life. I had used it to the point where it was like, not really even about my true enjoyment of the thing. Like, it was really just, yeah, about numbing out, allowing the music to be the thing that I was focused on as opposed to, like, the things I was actually feeling and going through. Right. Whew. Anyway, um... But I was excited. Yeah. Because you know I love my psychic shuffle. Yes. And with a new reconnection to my spirit, <laughs> really being in touch with my girl, a.k.a. me. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. I was just like ready to fucking hit shuffle. Yeah. You know? So here's – I just am going to – I'm just going to tell you what happened. Okay. And I'm going to name songs, and I think we should make put this on the Spotify playlist. I pressed play, The Sun Came Out, and Love Song by Lana Del Rey started playing, which is wild, and a song that has never come on random for me. Oh. I don't even, like, really listen to Lana. I, like, like parts of her. But anyway, that song. Then this song, Urgent Care by Runner. Then this song, Next Time by Little Wings. And then Don't Let It Get to You by Rostam. Your Love by Middle Kids, which I was, which I'm now convinced I always had thought was about like a love for another person, but now I believe it's about a love with your spiritual self, guys. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, for me anyway. Yeah. Um, Born Under Punches, David Byrne. 
Your Too fame. Pure by Sebado, which is wild. Interesting. That song also lyrically crazy. Six Inch, Beyonce. Okay. Get in touch with your sexuality and desires. Anyway, um, Icicle by Tori Amos, which is also about masturbation. Yeah, sure. And shame and guilt and like religion. Yeah. yeah. Light on Maggie Rogers, a song also has never come up on shuffle for me. <laughs> Shelter, Broken Bells, Bend Your Knees, James Vincent McMorrow, Bad Liar, Selena Gomez, Now On, Chris Garneau, Heart Like Yours, Kevin Garnett, and then the Wonka Vader, end title, Pure Imagination, from from literally from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. That's what that song's from. Yeah. Um, Gravity from Sarah Bareilles. And Happiness by Taylor Swift. Guys, this is, this is it. So I sent, I actually sent the, because, you know, Mark's in on the psychic shuffle of it all. Yeah. And I sent, sent the psychic shuffle. I screenshotted it and sent it to him. And he was like, holy shit. Well, you reset it. And then I wrote (laughs) back, I texted back. I really did, Mark. I really fucking <laughs> reset it. <laughs> I really wow. fucking reset it. Um, and the sun came out. The clouds parted. The sun came out. It was like fucking magic. I felt like I was on mushrooms. I had to drive to go charge the car, obviously. <laughs> so I went and dri- I went to drive to charge the car. I was just like, full of life and just like letting my spirit lead me, I decided to go to this, like I was near New Haven. Okay. And there's the really famous pizza place. Pepe's. Pepe's. What's the first name on it? Frank Pepe's. Frank Pepe's. Yeah. Yeah. Frank Pepe's, which is a chain, but the original one is in New Haven. Yeah. And it's supposed to be that's like the best one. And people wait online for like hours, right? To like get yeah. that pizza. Yeah. And um, and I was like, you know, the food at the retreat was totally good. <laughs> but also like I would I would say this is like almost like a Hollywood break. It was like a step above catering. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yes. It was sure. basically, it was like very similar to what you get on like a movie set. It was yeah. like it was chicken um, option. Yeah, it was crowd pleasing. Yeah. And like, yeah, like a teriyaki salmon yes. one day. Yes. And like yeah. a and there's always a salad. And there's yeah. like, you know. And they kept but they kept a, they kept most of it gluten-free and most of it um like either low sugar, no sugar, and there were always like no dairy options too, because they're trying to keep it, you know. Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate we appreciate. Um but so, but I was like, you know what? I think I should go. How many times am I going to be in New Haven? I think I'm just going to like go to downtown New Haven and go stand online and like look at people and eat that pizza, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I went, I like drove, drove in, found a fucking parking spot, like magic. The play, the music was still going. I'm like, I'm going to put my headphones in. I brought some stuff to write with just in case I needed to write while I was online or I could like read over stuff or whatever. Yeah. I walked, like turned the corner to where Frank Pepe's is. I saw like a girl waiting outside and then somebody else. And they had like the table out front with the hostess 
sitting at it, like taking, get the giving the to-go orders and whatever. And I walked up to her and she was like, oh, hey, I'll be right back. And she ran pizza to a car that whatever. And she came back and she's like, hi. And I was like, hi, it's just me. I would love to eat this pizza. <laughs> and she was like, oh, that's so funny. Oh yeah, sure. Actually go right on in. Um, there's no way. Just go to table 25. It's It's the table that's open. And I was like, okay. So I went in, and table 25, you know my birthday is June 25th, guys. And so I went in, and I sat down, and I was like, this is so wild. And the waitress came over, and she was so sweet. And she was like, is it just you? I was like, yeah, it's just me. And she's like, okay, honey, well, what do you want to get? And I was like, I think I want that Caesar salad. And then I don't, is that? And she's like, oh, that's our new pizza. It's like wild mushroom pizza. It's the fall special. It's so bomb. And I was like, I would love that pizza. (laughs) She's like, sounds great. And I was like, and the weird soda that you guys carry that you've had for 30 years or whatever. She's (laughs) like, great. So it it was like the best Caesar salad I've ever had in my life. And then this pizza, I always love mushroom pizza, but I- I'm always shamed into ordering it with by the people that I'm with because I feel like it is mushrooms are controversial to some. They are. I think people are a little jerky about mushrooms, if I'm gonna be honest. Like I food mushrooms. I right. think it's one well, of those I felt things, I was yeah. I was tripping on mushrooms, I will say. <laughs> like I felt like I was tripping on mushrooms. And then I did have the thought, I was like, have they been drugging us all week? I don't think they have. I don't think they were. But like I was, I really was like fucking tripping. Like colors were brighter. I felt like I could see people's like souls. I'm not even kidding you. Like I felt like some people looked like luminous and beautiful, and some people looked dark and evil and like not like you wanted to be around them. Right. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was crazy. It was just very, I felt very in tune with everything. Yeah. So listen, you've heard me talk about this before. Feeling your best, you know, includes a lot of things, including what you put into your body. And Sakara helps you to not just eat healthy, but it helps you to truly enjoy it. It's chef-crafted, plant-rich meals that really build a foundation for radiant health. You got to glow from the inside out, and that's your spirit and your heart and also what you put into your body, the food that you eat. Because we all know that when you go through a period of time where you're like junking it up, you really can tell on your skin and in your eyes and everywhere else. Um, I just feel like I've loved Sakara for so long. You've heard me talk about it. It really is one of my favorite things to do for myself. Sakara's chef crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. And they're backed by cutting edge nutritional science to boost your health and make you glow. And it's delivered fresh to your door anywhere in the United States. Along with delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements, herbal teas to help support your nutrition and your nutrition goals. Experience their best-selling Metabolism Super Powder and Metabolism Super Bar to help control sugar cravings, to boost energy, reduce fatigue. They've 
this company has received rave reviews, not just from me, but also Vogue, Goop, The New York Times, many more, many more. So right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash busy, or you can just enter the code busy at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash busy, and you're going to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash busy. Ooh, Nutrafol. Do you know that 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair? If you're one of them, please know you're not alone and there's no shame or weirdness about it and that there is a solution you can trust to deliver results. Thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol and many users rave that the supplement not only transformed their hair but restored their confidence too. So Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. I don't know about you, but I swear I turned 40 and my hair was like, oh, we're not going to grow anymore. We're tired. Thanks. Well, in a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. More than 1,500 top doctors recommended Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. You can take their hair wellness quiz for personalized product recommendations. And no matter what your stage in life is, Nutrafol has a solution. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support us, me and Casey, and our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code BUSY to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is the best offer that you're going to get anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, they're going to give you free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. It's spelled N U T R A. F-O-L dot com with the promo code BUSY, B-U-S-Y. Nutrafol.com, guys. Use my promo code BUSY. I walked after my pizza experience, which was just heavenly. I walked back to this park that I had parked in front of and like walked through the park and sat down and just felt the sun and was like, what should we do next? Like, this is just the best. And then I was like, you know what? I want to, I really want to see the sunset over water. That's what I want to do. That's really what I want to do. And so I looked, I don't know, again, not an East Coast bitch. Don't know Connecticut. I know it's your home. It's true. I opened my little Google Maps and sort of was like scrolling around. And I was like, huh, okay, I'm going to go to this place because I feel like this is exactly the best place (laughs) to see the sunset. And then I had a thought, maybe I should Google the best place to see the sunset (laughs) because maybe I should like actually look at what if this is a dead end and I'll be bummed, you know, because I only had like like an hour or something. Yeah. And sure enough, you know what came up? The exact place I had just picked. Oh. Lighthouse Point. My soul was bringing me, calling me there. Yeah. Confirmed okay. by Google. Okay. 
So I also, went to the White House. Ikea what? New Haven is a great place to watch the sunset over the water. If you can't get to Lighthouse Point, go to the Ikea. Do you know what Lighthouse Point is? Yes. Where the carousel is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went there and like... Yeah, I saw that Ikea on the map as well. I did think about <laughs> best, that for a second. I was like, I could get like... tacos on the East Coast right along I saw that. the water. I saw that. I almost went to that taco place too. <laughs> the best, I did. I almost the went the there for dinner. Ta- taco trucks on the water across from Ikea in New Haven. But, but continue it closed, about it closed at 6.30. So yeah. I didn't get the tacos. There you but, go. Um, and I had gone with pizza. So anyway, <laughs> so, I, so I go to the Lighthouse Point. I drive out to Lighthouse Point, have like a delightful interaction with the guy at the front, like the park ranger guy. Yeah. Park my car, walk out. I am like so, I don't even know. I was like in ecstasy or something. It really was wild. And I sat down. I was like looking at shells and looking at nature and like asked this girl who had a big camera around her neck. I was like, would you take a picture of me? And she was like, sure. (laughs) And so she took a picture of me. I was like, people probably must think I'm like very high right now, but I wasn't. I was just really enjoying it. And then I was sitting there and I turned and I was like, oh my God, it was a wedding. There was a wedding like right under the lighthouse. So I watched this like beautiful bride go, get married. I'm sitting on these rocks, like waiting for my sunset. It was so beautiful. I cried. I was like so happy for them and their love and their promise of their new life together and like all of this stuff. This was like a ways away, like a quite a distance away, but from where I was. You weren't in the middle of the wedding. I was not in the middle of the wedding. (laughs) Um, But just like so beautiful. And then uh, I was just sitting there waiting for the sunset. And then this girl came over and she's like, hi, excuse me. And I like took my headphones out and she's like, "Um, actually, this is closed for a private event. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, um, this is like all closed for a private event. And then I realized she was like the like wedding planner or the wedding planner's like assistant or something. Oh. And I was like, I don't think that the public beach is closed for a private event, but the event looks beautiful. You did a really good job. <laughs> and I will leave these rocks for you. <laughs> like, oh goodbye. God. Because I'm sure they like looked out and they're like, what is that like drugged out girl doing sitting on these right, rocks? Right, right, maybe. I just got out my no phone retreat, guys. I'm just appreciating <laughs> nature and my new fucking whole love for myself and my soul. Okay? Yeah. Anyway, like really, it was fine. But it was funny because I texted a group of the girls from Hoffman and I was like, yeah. oh my God. Because I was like, we were texting each other like our post experiences like the whole yeah. day. Yeah. And I texted, I was like, uh the wedding planner just kicked me off of the rocks. (laughs) And somebody was like, I don't think it's a, like, I don't think they can do that. And I was like, you know what? It was fine. They needed me to leave. And like, I appreciate that. (laughs) So I walked down and I walked back and I like sat on the beach and it was even better. I think it was, it was actually better that she made me move because then I got to see the whole sky. It was the most beautiful sunset. Like truly all of the colors that you want, uh, stripes, again, I'm like just a good one. so beautiful. And then I was like, you know what I really want? Because all my, cl- I felt like I was at camp. All my clothes were damp. The bed was so like not comfortable, but not like, un- I was just like, I wanted to go stay in a fancy hotel. So I was like, yeah. I'm going to drive back to New York City tonight Yeah, and stay in a fancy hotel, take a bath and whatever. That was the wrong move. 
because then it was like crashing off a bad acid trip. Right. Got stuck in traffic. Took fucking forever. Yeah. Got into the fancy hotel. Ray had brought over some clean, not wet clothes and left them at the front desk and some Epsom salt so I could take a bath. No bathtub in the fancy hotel room. Rudest thing that I've ever encountered. I'm going to be honest. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. And then I was just like (laughs) so (laughs) bummed. And then I like didn't listen to my spirit and I fully like – you were not supposed to like really talk too much. And I ended up talking to someone – like I got into like a weird argument. It was just like Uh, all my patterns came crashing back on me immediately. Yeah. And I was like, fuck this. And I got so upset. I was crying hysterically. But reached out to my some some of the peop, people in my group and like got myself, went back to the like process, got myself back on track and like felt good. And then I woke up on Saturday and had like a magical day with Cricket. Birdie had ended up going to the beach with overnight with a friend and the friend's family and so it was really like I, I really had such a beautiful day with cricket and I felt like it was so nice. Oh, I know what I wanted to tell you. I feel like now this is oh God. I've wasted all this time. What's I mean, it's free time. We're not charging anyone for it. It's a great point. <laughs> it's our time. <laughs> Oh, good. Well, I wanted to tell you all this stuff anyway. Okay, wait. Yes. Here, let me, I'm going to read some of the email. Can I just read this from yes. the, that I sent my group? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I had a truly magical afternoon. Everything, even my music was pure perfection. Sunset made me cry. I saw a literal V of geese flying. I was so goddamn connected and in touch. <laughs> that I thought I could handle driving back to New York City and staying in a fancy (laughs) hotel. Um, And then I had a rocky re-entry, FaceTime argument, but talked to some friends on here early and did the Hoffman app and got back on track. Anyway, I did go home to Cricket this morning, and it was a good thing I did because it turned out that Ileana, her nanny, couldn't actually stay Saturday night. So it was great that I came back um, because otherwise... Cricket would have been like Home Alone. Macaulay Culkin. The star of a, a hit movie. Honestly, Cricket should be the star of the remake <laughs> of Home Alone. And if anybody out there wants to make that happen, she'd be great. She'd be so good. She'd be so good at setting those booby traps. It's like right up her alley. Yeah, she's a hacker. Um, she really is. Uh so I went home early in the morning. And the street in that I currently live on, not for much longer, guys, <laughs> was shut down for an all-day block sale party thing, which was wild. And I went home pretty early because I was up super early. Yeah. Um, and I just sat out on my stoop drinking my coffee. And I'm not doing Bulletproof anymore. I'm taking a break from it. Okay. I didn't do it all week, and I just feel like, I don't know. I just don't, I'm not, I'm just kind of taking a break from all the things that I used to do that were I think that's really smart, too. I think that, I think sometimes those little routines that we put ourselves in 
are also just a way to be like, I have to do this. I have to do this thing. That's right. And it's a ton of pressure on ourselves for something that like, does it make a difference? No. Mm. This is how I came to this epiphany. We used to spend a lot of time making dog food for our dogs. They would have the (laughs) healthiest food. (laughs) And we had like a whole system and the system grew and grew and grew until it was like, you just waste like your whole day off making fucking dog food. And then I was like, also, it comes in a bag like that we can just buy. And like, will the dogs die two weeks earlier? Probably. Well, no, or maybe not. Maybe not. Or maybe, There's or maybe no you feed them that dog food, the homemade dog food, and they get hit by a car. Like you don't exactly. fucking know. You don't know. So you anyway, just, this nothing this is, is a all guarantee. To say, I support giving up a little bit of an onerous morning routine. Yeah, and also I do think that those things. I do think that those things. I subscribed. I I bought into the the Hoffman process from s- top to bottom. I do think some of those things prevent us from being fully in touch with what we need and what we want and what we're doing and how we want to do get there. Do you know what I mean? Like it it just is, it's a block. It is a block. Like even to the point of like, you know, deciding that you don't, you won't eat a certain thing or you will, you will only eat a certain thing or whatever. Like all of these things are, are just little building blocks of, of, and underneath them, I think if you dug them out, you would probably find a lot of times they're attached to a negative pattern in your life and a thing that you are continuing to do to like keep it up. So anyway, I was just drinking my coffee that was delicious and not my pulver Um, Watching like all the people set up in the morning for the sit for the it was like essentially like a rummage sale, yeah, kind of thing block yeah. party. It was cool. Like it was really cool. Days. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I was like, because Ileana was still there with Cricket and they were playing when I got there, so I was like, I'm just going to take some moments for myself, sit out on the stoop, look yeah. over some of my stuff, like try to recenter myself a little bit more, even go over some of the ideas and. Do a little writing. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. And uh, and so I was like sort of just like in my own zone. And then I looked up and I saw this man kind of like leaning on my gate and smiling at me. He was like, yes, a white man. <laughs> like sort of like middle age, older than me, like probably in his 50s or 60s short and like kind of a little, you know, just whatever. And he was just like kind of smiling at me. Yeah. And I feel like I probably don't need to tell you how I probably would have responded pre-Hoffman to that. Yeah. Yeah. I probably would have been kind of a dick and like maybe a little bitchy and like, can I help you? You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Let's not forget what's his name? The comedian who I may or may not have yelled at on the subway 15 years ago. Chris Gethard. Chris Gethard. Chris Gethard, guys. Yeah. So we know. We know who who Busy was. (laughs) But instead, I just looked at him and I was like, hi, how are you? And he was like, oh, I'm good. Hi, how are you? And I was like, I'm great. I'm, I'm good. I'm just like, I don't know, reading some stuff and 
like going drinking my coffee, watching this. Yeah. Are you and what are you doing? And he's like, Oh, well, I'm here. I'm helping my buddy. And he's got a table here. And I'm in from Pennsylvania. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. I had like I know somebody who lives in Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, and we just like chatted for a couple minutes. It was just like very easy and nice. And I was yeah. like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Just having this conversation with this guy. <laughs> and um, and then he was like, well, I'll let you go back to your stuff. And I was like, yeah, no, it's cool. Have a great day. I hope you guys sell a lot of stuff. And he's like, oh, thanks so much. So then Cricket and I go out for this fucking magical day. It was the most beautiful day in New York Aww. City. And we walked all the way to Rockefeller Center because one of the epiphanies that I had in one of my activities experiences at at the Institute was that it's important to help your kids stretch and do other things and get them out of their shells and things. Mm -hmm. But also, you know what's really important? To do things with their kid with your kids that they like. Yes. And that they want to do. And I have tried for many years now to just like only do arts and crafts and baking with cricket. Yeah. And you said it like 10 minutes ago. She's a hacker. She's a gamer. She loves it. She yeah. fucking loves it. And I was just like. I need to learn how to play Minecraft. <laughs> and I want to, because I want to play with my kid. Yeah. And I want her to know that I understand what she's doing and I see what she's doing and it's so fucking cool. Yeah. Because I don't, and I wasn't paying much attention to it. You know, I was sort of right. just like writing it off because it wasn't a thing I was really interested in. Right. So I had said to her, I want to go to the Nintendo store and I want to get, the Nintendo Switch that you can put up on the TV and get extra controllers. And I want to play Nintendo with you. And she was like, what? <laughs> High-fiving me the best day. So we walked to the Nintendo store, talked to the Nintendo guys. Oh, again, Nintendo store is a place where I have seen lions around the fucking block. Uh-huh. We took a very leisurely walk we happened upon a crystal store. Perfect. We went in there. We found some stones that came home with us. <laughs> and and then here, I'm going to read you this part from my email. Um, as we were walking, and I was just like talking. I had my phone totally away. I didn't even use that strap thing that I have used for oh, so long. Oh, to carry your phone. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. My phone was just like in my bag. I wasn't looking at it at all. Great. Ever. Like just, <laughs> it was away. And Good. was just like talking to Cricket, listening to her, asking her questions. And at one point, and I know that people do that thing where they like make up profound stuff that their kids didn't really say. They like fill yes. in the blanks for them so that it sounds more profound than it is, you know? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, but sometimes kids really do say profound as fuck yes. shit. And so I never am one of those people online who's like, fuck you, your kid didn't say that. Right. Because truly, I have heard some wild shit come out of kids' mouths. Yeah. Not just my own. No, 
all other people's out, kids out of the mouths of babes exists that phrase that whatever colloquialism I don't know what is it yeah I think that's it right. exists for a reason correct but I do want to say this don't put it online <laughs> you're not going to get the response you want right right Tell your friends at a dinner party. Friends, yes. Don't put it online. <laughs> so anyway, but I'm telling you guys because you are my friends. Okay. So this is like basically almost word for word. She's like, you know, I've been thinking a lot about our family. And I was like, oh, what are you thinking? And she's like, well, dad is my dad. And he's really good at like making food for me, taking care of me. If you're not here because, you know, work or your podcast or whatever. <laughs> you know, she, this is a sidebar. You know, she like disparages the podcast. <laughs> she like, wow. it's like, she really has a thing about the podcast. She's like, you're always doing your podcast. I'm like, I'm really not, but okay. What? Maybe it's because you do it while you're at home. You mm. know, when you work, you leave That's going to change. I'm going to get a, I'm going to get an office to okay. soon. All right. I'm going to get another space All right. <laughs> to do it. <laughs> anyway. Um, and you're, you know, my mom, and you're really good at taking care of me too and giving me baths, making me pasta, and I get to cuddle with you a lot. And Birdie's my older sister and sometimes wants to play games with me, sometimes just wants to be alone. Like sometimes I can go up and see Birdie in their room and sometimes I'm just like, whatever, we fight, it's fine. And I, and then she stopped talking, paused, and we kept walking a few feet and I didn't say anything. I didn't interrupt. I just was like waiting. She looked at me kind of and then just matter-of-factly said, and I am just me. Mm. And I looked at her and I was like, that's right, Crex. That's exactly right. And that's not only like the perfect thing to be, but it's the only fucking thing to be for the rest of your life. It's like what we all are striving to be, but sometimes we lose it. Yeah. And we forget how to just be me. And then she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. No, I'm kidding. She didn't say that. <laughs> but um, it was really so profound and so sweet. Yeah. And she was so excited about the Nintendo. So we came home and we set it up and we played a game. And then we had to go get Gina from the dog place because I took her there because I didn't want her home. She was getting very agitated with the street fair, like barking right. all day. So I took right. her to the dog place. So we left. We went and got Gina at the dog place. And we walked back with her. And Cricket was like walking on air, so excited, so <laughs> high-fiving me. At one point, I did figure out a thing on this Mario one Mario game because I had played Mario like original Nintendo days. Yeah. And there was like a flat Mario like original Nintendo days yeah. that you had to do something in. And I was like, I know how to do this. <laughs> and I like took it from her. She was like, you do it. So I took it from her and I did it. And she was like, high-fived me. And she's like, uh... Okay, you're officially a genius. <laughs> and it was like the best thing ever. But uh, so we come back with Gina and the street fair's packing up. People have like left for the day, you know, leaving for the day, packing up their shit, whatever. And I was, we were walking to the gate and the guy from 
the very beginning of the day, was like, hey, hey, I just wanted to tell you something real quick. And I was like, oh, hey, what's going on? How you doing? He's like, I'm good. Hey, listen, I just wanted to really thank you for your spirit this morning. Because it was so nice and so light. And you just really made me feel good. And you really changed my day. And I was like, well, you really changed mine too. It was really fun to talk to you. And then we went into the house and continued to try to teach me Minecraft, which is maybe impossible. (laughs) And maybe I have to stick to Mario. Uh, That all sounds great. That sounds wonderful. And I'm happy for your family, too, to get to see a little a little different side of you, a Minecraft attempting Mario mom. I'm excited for them to see a side of me that's not, like, repressed in a lot of ways and yeah. hypervigilant and sometimes unkind and sometimes not thinking of them and sometimes not thinking of myself and mostly and mostly really excited for my kids to see me as a person who like truly believes all of the things that they say because she, me, their mom truly has self-compassion and really loves who she is. Mm. I think that's And doesn't great. just like say it as a theoretical. Yeah. <sighs> I think it's good and I think I think one thing that is important and that important for everybody listening too is that you know when you were talking early earlier about like how am I going to take a week to do this or whatever and not that everybody can take a week to do something like this but you can you can take time to do what needs to be done it's funny this week um my mother-in-law got, uh, she got new hearing aids. She's always worn hearing aids ever since I've known her. And um, she said to my husband, she was like, they were expensive. But I always think back to what Casey said to me at Tatnik Booksellers, which is like, we must have gone there. <laughs> You're like 25 years ago. <laughs> it, we must have gone there when Matt and I were in college. And she was saying she needed new hearing aids, but they were expensive. And I was like, you have to get those hearing aids. It's one of your senses. You know what I mean? Like you're going to spend money on groceries and car insurance and whatever else. You know, it's okay to take something to give yourself to make like an investment in yourself if you can, even if it's like a little bit of a struggle and you have to like beg, borrow and steal from other places in your life. And I think it's really important that you do that for yourself and that everybody does that for themselves, but also that you showed your kids that you can be one thing yesterday and you can be another thing today. Right. And And I think it's, it's tricky. Like 
I was like gonna just come back, you know? Yeah. And one of the guys in my small group, because they also like section, you go into small groups occasionally, not too much. It's it's really, you're really in a big group for yeah. most of it. One of the guys in my small group who, bless, like we just, I never had a lot, like nothing that he sort of had said had ever really truly resonated. Right. Like, you know, with me, it, right. I'm sure it resonated with other people, like, you know. But that very last day we were in small group and Drew was asking each of us our post-process plan. Yeah. And I was like, I'm probably just going to go back tonight. Like, I, that's my plan. Yeah. And he was like, okay. And there was another person that also was like, I'm going to probably go. And Drew sort of like gently started asking us a little bit, like, where is this come? Like, what's the motivation? Is yeah. there a reason why you don't feel like you can take today at least for yourself? Like, can right. you, you know... And then the guy in the group, like, was like, can I offer, may I offer something to you? And I was like, yes, you may. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you have to, like, ask, like, if you're going to yeah. offer advice. That should just be in life. Whoo! No, we, we went through this at the last day. I feel like, and now I'm, like, so attuned to it. Yeah. Woo! When people are not asking for advice and you really have advice burning a hole in your pocket, you still have to ask. It's a consent you issue. Also, Yes, it's consent, but also fucking hold it in. I learned <laughs> such a major lesson myself. I can't I can't tell you I've never once in my fucking life held it in. And I need to fucking hold it in. <laughs> and just like and just like hold space for the person to express what they need to express. Right. And if they say what do you think I should do? Yes. Then I can say, oh, yes. well, obviously I know the answer to this. Um but if somebody is not, like, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> right? Uh, yes. We're just so quick to try to, like, solve a problem and move the fuck on for others and for ourselves. Yes. And it's about it's about a lot of things. It's about moving on and it's about, like, showing what you know, like, your job security in someone's life if you can solve things for them. But what you don't realize is that you're, like, stifling another person and not letting them solve things for themselves. You become, like, you can, if you're not careful, you can make another person helpless or you can make them feel at like you feel like they're helpless and that's not a good feeling for the other person. So, you know. I think the this, like I've taken so many things from this and there are so many tools and it's like, I, guys, I, I, I am not under any like illusion that I'm not going to come <laughs> upon hard moments in the no, future. However, better equipped. Yeah, I feel like I'm like armed with tools and I do really feel like some of that shit got truly, truly crushed into pulverized into like tiny little pieces that I swept up and then poured water on and they're <laughs> gone. But anyway, yeah. But and yeah, like so to say, can offer? I offer something yes. to you is so important. Yes. And then also to not say, oh, I know I went through a similar experience. Right. No one fucking wants to hear your similar experience if they're going through something. They just right. want you to shut the fuck up and listen to them. Right. right. Okay. So anyway, this guy was like, can I offer something? I was like, please. I'm open to that. Yes, yeah. please. And he was like, because I know 
I used to travel a lot for work before pre-COVID. And I know I used to kill myself to get home. Quick as possible, as fast as possible. And sometimes I'd be traveling internationally and it probably would have been good for me to take a day to sleep, to like rest, but I would like show up and expect like a hero's welcome. Right. (laughs) And they would be like, fuck you. (laughs) And at some point I realized this is not about their needs. This is about my own. Yeah. And I'm just offering that anecdote to ask you, is this about their needs or is this about your need to feel needed by them? Right. And I was like, well, didn't you just fucking nail me? You know, <laughs> I was just like, oh, yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Like, the, you know, Casey, you fucking know more than anyone the trips I would take to New York to hustle my fucking ass off, to work for these, like, money jobs for brands or whatever. And then I would take the – I would, like, go straight from the job, straight to the airport, wash my day full of makeup off my face at JFK, change into – out of my, like, cute-ass Carla Welch outfit in the bathroom, put on my sweats, get on a plane, land at one in the morning, wake up at six for the kids to go to school. And exhausting myself, like, making myself sick, like – pushing myself so far. And did they fucking care if I was there that morning or if I had been there that afternoon? No, they'll be no. glad to see you when they see you. If they yes. know what to expect. Yes. If I told them, oh, I come home this afternoon. Right. Then they would, it's fine. Yeah. And I just feel like I allowed so much guilt to rule my fucking life. And it was ruining my life. Right. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear you say that too, because I think that's applicable to everybody listening too. Is it like, is it better to spend 10 hours with your family when you're not your best you? Or is it better to get yourself together for a few of those hours, become your best you, and then give your give your family your best you. Like what does your family prefer to have the best you for five hours instead of like a ragged upset you for 10 hours? I think best you is, you know, plus also when you do things for yourself, you have things to talk about and share with the people in your life and, you know, and hopefully they want to hear about it. And then you're excited to hear about what they've been up to. And, and that's like makes life a little more spicy, a little more delicious. I feel like I've, yeah, I mean, I feel like we've, I don't know. I just feel great. We talked to Piper Parabell before I went to Hoffman Institute. Yes. But it was still a nice conversation, (laughs) even though I wasn't this changed human that I am now. (laughs) I liked her. Yeah, she's great. She's a nice person. She's great. She's a nice person. She cares a lot about others, putting good stuff into the world, being, showing up. Yeah. Speaking of which, guys, you know, it's like, the March for Abortion Rights this weekend, October yeah. 2nd. Yeah. Check out if there's a march near you. If you're close to D.C. and you want to come to the D.C. march, come to the D.C. march and rally. Got to show up, guys. We have to show up. I have lots of thoughts about a lot of things, but mostly, you know, I'm just very grateful for you, Casey. Aww, you are you. 
filled with all the wisdom and uh, I'm so happy that you're my friend and we get to work together. Oh, thank you. I'm happy that we are friends too. And I'm happy that you're happy. Thank you. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's let's talk to Piper. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> fucking intro. Guys, have you ever needed to see a doctor and you search and you find one that looks pretty good? And you wait on hold to book an appointment and rearrange your schedule. And when you finally go in, you find out that the doctor doesn't take your insurance or any insurance even. (laughs) Guess what? There's a solution. And it's called ZocDoc. When you need a doctor, you need a doctor now. Not in a few days, not in a few weeks, and definitely not in a few months. You need to see an MD ASAP. This is the solution. Download the free ZocDoc app. Z-O-C-D-O-C. ZocDoc app. It's the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, book an appointment in person, video chat, whatever. You never wait on hold with a receptionist again. Whether it's a primary care physician or a dentist or a dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doc, other specialist, ZocDoc has got you covered. Go to ZocDoc.com slash doing her best and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc and I am one of them. I love it. It's been so great since we moved. It's my go-to whenever I need to find a new kind of doctor. Oh, I forgot about uh, this kind of doctor. I need that. Anyway, ZocDoc is incredible. I use it. I love it. I know Casey uses it, and you should too. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com slash doinghherbest and download the ZocDoc app to sign in for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many doctors are available as soon as today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash doing her best. Guys, we all want you to do your best. Go to ZocDoc.com today. Visit, 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 visit. Guys, sometimes you have to make a difficult choice because all the options are too similar. So you have to like flip a coin and just pick, right? Here's what I'm going to say about myself and what I learned in my retreat (laughs) is that strength does not mean that you can't also hold weakness. And in fact, it's like in the paradox that the real sweet spot of everything lies. And that is no more true <laughs> than, when, than with Vizzy hard seltzer, which you know we love because Vizzy is the first hard seltzer crafted with the antioxidant vitamin C from what? From what? You better be saying it in your living rooms right now, the acerola cherry. And we know there are plenty of hard seltzers to choose from. They're very hot right now. But with its bold and delicious dual fruit flavors and antioxidant vitamin C, Vizzy makes that choice a little bit easier for you. And Honestly, a lot 
tastier. Pineapple mango, black cherry lime, my favorite. Strawberry kiwi, blueberry pomegranate, papaya passion fruit, watermelon strawberry, blackberry lemon, raspberry tangerine. Vizzy also introduced a lemonade hard seltzer as well as a watermelon hard seltzer. And each variety pack offers four delicious fruit flavors and is loaded with that antioxidant vitamin C. I'm actually very curious to try the watermelon hard seltzer because I do enjoy a watermelon vibe. So upgrade your hard seltzer to Vizzy if you haven't already. To find out where you can purchase Vizzy, go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash Busy. That's Vizzy, V-I-Z-Z-Y, HardSeltzer.com slash Busy, B-U-S-Y. To get updates on the latest flavor drops and more, sign up for the emails at VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash subscribe. That's Vizzy. V-I-Z-Z-Y, hardseltzer.com slash subscribe. Guys, you got to be 21 and older to drink. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad this finally, (laughs) we finally got our shit together. I know. Are you in Los Angeles? I'm in Chicago, look. (gasps) Oh my gosh. You know, isn't that pretty? It's beautiful. Really pretty. I love a view because I feel like we all work so hard. There's never time to be in the world. And then I'm like, I'm, I can just see the world at least. Wait, <laughs> Piper, I'm also similarly obsessed with a view. Really? Ask anyone who knows me. I have to have a view. I get really weird if I don't have a view. Me too. I like when I make a hotel reservation, especially when I'm working, I literally yep. call the hotel and I'm like, I can have the room closet, but I need a view. Wait, it's, <laughs> it's truly, you. Can, I mean, I wish Raymond my assistant were here to collab, collab, um, collab, collab, oh my God, corroborate. Corroborate. Yeah, corroborate. <laughs> corroborate. This is actually the first like kind of real conversation I've had this morning, but um, corroborate because I have had to change hotel. Re- now they know I need a view, right? Yeah, of course. And then I get there and I'm like, wait, what is this? Right, I can't and look you're at looking this. at like a wall and like trash can. No, I can't do it. What's I need the, a view. I need to see the best the view you ever got. Um, you know, one time I stayed in a hotel in New York and I can't remember which hotel it was, but it was, the view was incredible. It was downtown and it sort of looked and it, it looked facing like uptown like mm-hmm. so just and you could see everything and it was really beautiful it's so it wasn't the trump soho casey don't don't <laughs> no no i didn't i wasn't thinking that um but that was like the best and then the last time i was in la because i don't live there anymore so i don't have a house there anymore i stayed at a new hotel that's like up on sunset which seemed really wild and random but i maintain la has terrible hotels <laughs> There's, it's so weird. There's, there's nowhere, nowhere to, to go. There's no, you, there's nowhere to go. You can like be on sunset or you can be in Santa Monica and then you're like, and, and both places that, you're kind of like, mm. no, you don't want to be either one. Um, anyway, where's the best view you've ever had? The best view I've ever had was so, well, I've had so many good ones. Cause I'm like, I just keep moving hotel rooms until I get a view. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, like, I won't even unpack. I, like, roll my little bag in, and I'm like, mm, what else do you have? <laughs> um, once I did a movie in Rome, 
And I said, um, I, I, I need a view and I don't care about how big the room is. It can be tiny. And he was like, it's very tiny. I was like, that's, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. And we left the hotel and I was like, am I going to get murdered? You know what I mean? We're like in the night, in the night. And he has like a key that looks like it's from like a cartoon, like a big metal thing, like in a emo- key emoji shape. And I was like, okay. And we go along this little street. And we go into like a courtyard and then we go into one of those elevators that you have to do this, you know, to make it like you operate yeah. it yourself. So I was like, if this is the elevator. elevator to my room, like I'm really cool with this part. And we go in and it's the smallest room we've ever seen. And I was like, okay. And there's only one window. And I was like, this better be one hell of a window. And he opens the like folding wooden <laughs> shutters and you can see the Spanish steps, which is <gasps> like just so like Shelly lived next to the Spanish steps. And like, that's where like lovers sit, like when they're up all night, like young people, like with their like making out. And it's just so beautiful. And you could see like nuns going to church in the morning. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'll sit in this window every minute. I'm not at work. It was so beautiful. That's so exciting. Oh, it was so, so exciting. Beautiful. It was only one window, but I was like, that's, I just, that's all I need. And like, you'd see like the guys like sweeping the street in the morning and like having their cigarette, like chatting in Italian. Oh, Perfect. Perfect. Heaven. I, now I want to go to Italy. Oh, go. Get that, get get that, that room. room. Get that get room. That. Are you doing the new show in Chicago? Is that why you're there? Yeah, I'm doing the dance show in Chicago. The dance show is The Big Leap. Yeah, The Big Leap. Which premieres? September 20th, although it's on Hulu right now. Oh, it, oh, right. Get, yeah, you, you get can, like a little sneak peek. A sneak peek. They did a sneak peek of the got. first two episodes, which is so fun and random but it's kind of like going to a movie screening when you get to like see the movie before everybody else sees in the theater i think it's like all bets are off at this point in terms of like any content any entertainment and like people will find it any number of ways you know we were just just saying people are trying everything and seeing what sticks throwing things at the wall but piper what i want to say is the big leap looks very fun it looks like a fun show also it's a show about a reality show that is a reality show that i would watch it was a real reality show like it's based on a show that actually existed in the uk where they like got together all these random people who wished that they had spent their life dancing and then did a production of swan lake and so like that's what the where the idea came from Oh my of god, that's course. genius! So you can of watch course. the real reality. Were you a dancer ever? No, I just keep getting hired as a dancer. It's just so <laughs> random. Why do you think that is? I'm like, I'm just like, liar. like whenever I want a job, they're just like, "Oh, can you like ride medieval side saddle?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah." So when I'm <laughs> like, How are you dancing? I'm like, "The best, the best." <laughs> well, I remember in Coyote Ugly. I mean, I haven't seen the movie in a really long time but there was definitely dancing oh my god we danced our butts off but like even in that movie i was like i'm a great guitar player and like i couldn't play the guitar at all (laughs) it's funny i used to like do that stuff too but i never got those jobs so i never had to prove it oh when you get them you have to learn so fast I mean, yeah, I can imagine. You'd be like, well, I guess I'm backed into the corner now. But it is sort of fun. I, I learned to pole dance for Girls 5 Eva last year, and that was 
so fun and the hardest thing I've ever done. And I bruised my ribs and it was crazy. You must have like abs of steel because like pole dancing looks like it's all core. It is. It's mostly core. I don't have abs of steel. In fact, I have diastasis still from my pregnancies, but like, so I, so I really don't, but, um, how did you do I, that? Like, I just, I really, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a worker outer. I work out okay. a lot, a fair amount. And so I do have a lot of strength and I just like, I don't know. It was just so fun. I loved it so much. Yeah. It was so fun. Yeah. You kind of swung around and coyote ugly on things didn't you yeah we had a, not like was, poles there but was like, a pole on the bar that's but right that, but we didn't really pull I mean I didn't know how to I didn't even really know how to dance let alone pole dance right. you know what I mean so I would just like grab it and kind of Gene Kelly around the corner of the bar with my like hey <laughs> I don't I'm sure like the other girls or I could think of a couple of girls on that bar who do what they were doing on that pole but um <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I've played like dancers in other movies too. I think I just like, like the pressure. And also if you, if you know you have to do something on camera and you go and get a teacher and study like a good teacher and you study something one-on-one for like eight hours a day, you get better faster. Yeah, of course. True. True. Yeah. That's very true. Um, So for this show, how much dance training are you doing? This show, we, um, we, they like built us a full ballet studio and we came like a month early and we have like ballet class and we have rehearsal and choreography. And like, it's when you're not working or doing press, you're in the dance studio. Wait, is it so fun? It's so fun. And there's all different levels of ability and there's all different styles of dance. So like the tap dancers, you know, like ballet for them is almost like it is for me. It's totally foreign. And like one of the guys in the show was the male lead ballet dancer at the Joffrey. So like oh I have God. to stand next, his name's Fabrice. I stand next to him at the bar and it's like, oh my God. You know what I mean? Like he looks gorgeous, <laughs> but like, well, I'm never going to get there. But then like little bit, who's one of the tap dancers, she's like, I'm never going to get there either. So it's like, you know, we have each other. And it's just so fun to do something as a group, you know, post pandemic yeah. or mid hopefully near the end of the pandemic. It's like, it's been so long since you could like go to a class with a bunch of people and like dance around. I, oh my I can't even imagine. Well, I, cause I did our show sort of in the mid mid of the pandemic and we couldn't even have dance rehearsal together because of COVID. Did you do protocols. zoom? Did you do zoom dance rehearsals? Yes. That's what I did. It's it like was a nightmare. It's a nightmare. And then when you get together, it's a whole, you have to relearn everything anyway, because you don't, you can't, possibly know all the spacing and the thing it's just it was you can't and like nice. I can't see you well far away so if I get far enough away from my camera so you could see my whole body for the dancers I can't see what the teacher's doing so I'm like constantly <laughs> doing it. it's like they need to figure out a way to make dance dance revolution a choreography teaching tool for entertainment it must be almost possible right I, I think that is kind of what it is think. Casey I would think, but it it needs to be something where the computer just watches you and is like, oh, no, busy, oh, Piper. Burn your toe. Yeah, like open out here. You get notes from Dance Dance Revolution. (laughs) I mean, I was at bird. my kid is 13, and at their 13th birthday, we had like a projection outdoor movie thing, and at a certain point, the kids got like the five 
kids that were over got kind of bored with whatever they had been watching. And I came back out and they were playing YouTube videos of Dance Dance Revolution from when they were like six and seven years old. And they <laughs> knew every move and they were like nailing it. And it was so crazy. It was like, I was like, you guys, this is in your souls. Like Dance <laughs> Dance that. Revolution. I know they it had, they had full like choreographed movements in their hands and their feet. It was so funny. I didn't get a good video of it. I just let them have the moment, but it was pretty amazing. <laughs> you're you have a you're a stepmom, yes? Your mom? Yeah, yeah, I'm a stepmom. How old is uh your stepchild? Uh her name's Lily and she's Lily. 26. 26? Oh my goodness. So you don't have to mother. There's not a lot of like I mean you can like I don't know. You're How in a support. You you're in a supportive role at this you're point. You're gently advising at this point. <laughs> totally. How long have you known her though? Have you known her since I've she been was in young, her life younger? Since she was like uh, fourteen. Oh, okay. So I was so there that's... in some formative times. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now you just get to enjoy the spoils of your work. Yeah. Now, I, well, I mean, I you know, I, the cake is baked a lot of times at fourteen, but I yeah, feel like yeah. um, I'm here to like cheer her on. And, like, remind her how great she is. And um, I'm just, like, the, her biggest fan. Oh, I love that. That's I really, really love nice. that, too. It is really nice. It's hard to know where you fit as, like, a step-parent. You know what I mean? Like, a person already has, like, parents. And so, like, does anybody want more than two? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Got to kind of carve out your little niche. Yeah, yeah. Um, does Lily live nearby to you or is she somewhere else? She is an actress, actually. She's a working <gasps> actress. I know. She's a working actress. And uh, she lives in New York, which is where we live most of the time. So so she's close. Oh, good. Oh That's really nice. That's that must have been nice throughout the pandemic. My son just came back to stay with us and we haven't seen him in a year and a half. And it's oh. been... Woo! So, but it's actually funny. I was saying, not that this interview is about me, Piper Parable, but, but, um, but during the pandemic, when he was away, we had a standing phone call every week where we talked for, we, we said, oh, we have to talk for at least an hour, but it would usually be four or five hours where each, and each person in the family. So 12 hours talking to the family, but since he drove across country to meet us and then has been like in his room here, like catching up on schoolwork. We haven't spoken in like two weeks. I'm like, I only see you when you go to get like a cracker out of the pantry. <laughs> so it's weird. hours of conversation with family is like, that's more than I could. I have a standing phone call with my dad twice a week. We have a standing FaceTime, but it's like 45 yeah. minutes or an hour. Dads are always the, does your, is, did your dad hang up on you like when you think the conversation's just getting going? He's like, well, it was nice talking to you. No, he, we do, we do it on FaceTime because I, I feel like he thinks that cell phones, it's like hard to hear. So if he can see oh, me yeah. talking, it's easier for him to like get in the, get in the spirit of it. You know what I mean? But no, he yeah. was like, let me tell you about this. He's this time this week. He was like, I think I'm going to make dim sum. And I was like, go. <laughs> I'm like, please continue. It's so miraculous. <laughs> he started making noodles and he um, like pasta noodles. Like pasta maker. He's like, I got the pasta maker working. And I was like, okay, good. And he's like, I took mommy's drying rack and I brought it down to the kitchen and I've got linguine hanging from it. And I was like, mommy's going to kill you. 
Oh my God. I feel like that's very lucky you have your own cooking show and your dad. I know. Just he for just you. teaches me all this stuff. <laughs> that sounds so fun. Now you have a second show as well. You have like two huge shows happening. I also, I'm actually, I mean like, I'm actually doing three shows at the same time. <gasps> Wait, what? <laughs> Tell me. Um, I Besides Big Leap, um, I'm in the new season of Yellowstone, which is starting on November 7th. Um, it's like a cowboy show, a modern Western with Kevin Costner. And uh, and I was like obsessed with this show before I got on it. So it's so fun because I'm kind of a fan. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. That's so really cool. It's really fun to be a fan and then like walk onto the ranch like, oh my God, it's real. <laughs> and then um, and I'm also doing the not the season that is on right now, but the coming season of Billions. Oh, oh, everybody so doing, loves like, that urban, show. Uh, Western and dance show. <laughs> romantic yeah, comedy. Romantic dance. comedy yeah, dance. Rom-com dance. Yeah, rom-com, rom-com dance. dance. Well, I love that. Like, I have a question. So, uh, you know, you've had such... Well, when, when was Coyote? 2000. So you've been... Wor- I mean, you've been working basically very steadily since 2000. Yeah, I can't believe it was that long ago. It's crazy. You and I started almost exactly at the same time. Like I start working in 98 and then the first thing start dropping like in 99, 2000. Yeah. Okay. Both of your careers are old enough to drink. Oh, man. But just barely. Just barely. I know, but that seems wild. (laughs) I'm proud for my career. Do you feel like she deserves a drink? I mean, but Piper, yeah, we start, I know we started at exactly the same time. I remember watching Coyote Ugly and being like, why didn't I audition for that? Also, I could not have worn those low rise jeans. And that (laughs) is just not what my body was doing in that moment in time. Like was not, I wasn't, that wasn't my vibe. I was very grateful to the costume designer Marlene Stewart is like one of the great costume designers and boy, did I not know how to dress. And I was very grateful. She was like, this is how you choose a t-shirt. This is how you choose a pair of jeans that look attractive on you. And I was like, Oh my God, it's like the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. She, I mean that, that movie though is like so indicative to me of the time. It's so 90s. What it, well, it's so, yeah, it's so like late nineties, early two thousands and like what it sort of was to even like, be a woman in entertainment, right? Like, and I know that you're, I mean, I just have followed your career and and we have a lot of friends in common and I've seen like work you've done, but then also all your um, social activism work and all that stuff. And like, you know, I would say before, actually before Trump got elected, I started to have like a real fucking come to Jesus about the early days of, my career and Maxim and being talked into like, you know, and so I'm just curious what kind of feelings you fucking have about it because I just know my own journey. I mean, I was at at the time, I didn't know anything about feminism. Like now looking back, like I see that like Coyote Ugly is sort of stiletto feminism, which I feel like we've moved, we've evolved past. Um, But at the time I didn't know anything about it. And I was kind of in over my head, you know what I mean? Like a movie like that, like you go from like, you know, I walk to the grocery store to like, I'm walking past billboards of myself to the grocery store. Like it's such a big shift in reality. And I didn't have any friends who were in the business. So there was nobody to be like, so what do you, 
you know, and I remember. <laughs> How do you deal with this? Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I, and I did that, that magazine, Maxim, and I, I re- for that movie. And I remember they wanted me to be on the cover of Maxim. And my, my next brother down was in college in a frat. And I said, I don't, I don't want to do the cover because I feel like it's going to be embarrassing for my brother when oh this gets delivered to his frat house. Like that's oh. about how much I could kind of, like I couldn't really articulate it beyond that, like my own personal, you know what I mean? Like I couldn't see the right, bigger right. picture. And same with, I did, I did Bill Maher's show to promote uh-huh. the movie. And I remember uh-huh. being like, I don't know that I, down with this dude you know but like I I just didn't have a lot of I just kind of had instincts I didn't really have education and so but you also did I mean just to be fair you didn't really have a choice at that moment either I mean I stood up against the cover of Maxim and it was like scary actually and they said that was fine like the no they were like no you'll never work in this town again and I was like okay oh wow so like they were like what if you're on the inside and you're wearing clothes and I was like that would be better you know what I mean? But like, it's about that much leverage and understanding that I have. And then um, it wasn't for a long time later that I sort of got involved in activism and started to sort of really look at like, wait, what the fuck am I representing? And like, who am I? And what do I stand for? And, you know, you're just, you right. know, it's like when you're starting, you're just trying to get in the door. And if you don't know, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so you're just trying to like, all you have is your own experience, which isn't much. And it takes a lot of learning to kind of see the world in a big picture sense. I've tried to articulate this a number of times, Piper. And sometimes I think I get like a little bit of pushback from women of, and it makes sense. It makes sense because everybody has their own experience, but I really feel like that time, the late nineties and the Mm -hmm. early two thousands, we were kind of in like a regressive feminist space. Like I feel like our mothers had fought for so many things. And then we sort of like, went backwards a little bit. And I think that's why people responded so much to Coyote Ugly because it did have like a feminist message. So I remember feeling like empowered by it and there wasn't a lot like it. And I think it like spawned actually like a little bit of a cultural movement at that time, especially in in New York City. But I just feel like I wasn't seeing the same kind of feminism that my that I heard my mom talking about like growing up with and like fighting for in that time I feel like we were I feel like women were really like relegated at that point to you know yeah to pretty faces and and you know there can only ever be one woman one golden girl in something I don't know I just I think it was like a really weird time and we put up with a lot of shit I mean I think you know it's I I agree and I think also it's my privilege that I didn't have to know all that much about feminism and I can get, you know, um, into the movie business and be like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. like I don't know. I'll make, I'll make giant a global culture and speak for women. Like, uh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, and I, uh, I'm still learning, you know, and yeah. trying to do a better job with, the like epic privilege of this platform. Yeah. When did that, cause you say it came, it, you know, that sort of realization came much later. Like what was there any sort of specific thing that made you realize that, yeah, this is a huge, you know, I need to 
figure some some things out about like what I want to say and do something about it. There was two things. There was two events that sort of changed things. One was my cousin um, worked for the International Rescue Committee, which resettles refugees in the United States. And so when he got that job, he was working in Idaho and he called me and he was like, maybe, you know, I had said to him like so innocently and with so much naivete, like, I don't, there's no charities that I really, what do I, what should I do? You know what I mean? Like, and, um, well, but you know, you don't know until you know, and like, if you don't right. know how to start, you don't know how to start. So like, you got to, even if your question isn't a great question, at least you're asking the Anyway. So he was like, why don't you work with the international rescue committee? And so, um, I was doing this spy show, uh, called covert affairs where we traveled all over the world, like doing these spy missions. And so I was also uh, an advocate for the international rescue committee. So I, I went to Lesbos um, when that boy washed up on the beach, the Syrian refugee. Um, yes. And mm-hmm. I went to Lebanon where there were Syrian refugees coming in over the border. And um, and so that, that was my first sort of ability, um, opportunity to use the platform and then start to see what was really going on in the world and see if I could sort of do both at the same time. And then when I was advocating and traveling with them, and then uh, I still do that. And then... And then the day that Trump and Billy Bush, uh, when that came, Access Hollywood yeah. bus recording came out, I literally like rem- I was literally like folding the laundry and like listening to the recording on the TV. And like before I set down the piece of laundry, I my entire reality shifted, and I was like, oh. I'm an idiot. I'm not safe. Women are not safe. It's a joke. Our equality is a joke. I I wonder if every man I know thinks this way. Like I thought I grew Mm -hmm. up in one place and I did. I just, my whole worldview shifted. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I had to go to my husband, my father, my brothers and say like, what do you think about this? Like, Mm -hmm. is everyone laughing behind our backs? Is our freedom a joke? Like what's going on here? And then I went from that day on, it was like, nonstop all the time. I literally called every person I knew to try and get involved in every, and people were saying like, you should pick one call. So, and I was like, no, 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 I'm doing everything. It's all intersectional. Yeah. You have to show up for everybody. We got to do it all together. I actually agree with you on that. I think it's weird when people are like, oh, you have your thing. I'm like, well, okay. I mean, <laughs> well, when they're like, guys, if you're we doing don't... environmental, call Daryl Hannah. You're like, no, you just call everybody. Right. You know? Just call everyone, right. everyone for everything, guys, all hands on deck. Everyone for everything. <laughs> um, yeah. And has it impacted sort of the, I mean, the the jobs you want to take? Has it shifted the way that you think about acting and like, you know, what you want to say? It, yeah, I definitely am thinking about the jobs I want to take. Because, like, I remember I had an agent sent me a script that was like um, a woman who's basically a sex worker who, but it's not really clear that that's what she is. And then she gets like bludgeoned and killed in a bathtub and like the cop, there's no consequences for that person. And I literally called my agent and I was like, what the fuck, what the fuck are you sending me? Like, why would I ever fucking want, you know what I mean? Like, let's, let's get, let's move that fantasy out of the zeitgeist. Sure. But I also think like, I'm really interested in who's directing, who's writing, what's the racial and gender parody on the crew? How yeah. are we framing issues? I heard Shonda, I heard Shonda Rhimes speaking at like a WGA panel and she was saying like, I'm writing the world I want to see when I look out the window. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yeah. oh yeah, right. Cause you can, 
you know, like media, basically media killed cigarettes. Like we took all the cigarettes out of the hands of leading men and leading ladies and it wasn't cool to smoke anymore. And we can do that with guns. We can do that with climate change. We can do that with gender. We can do that with everything because American media has this, you know, I can't not. We can do that with who the leading lady and leading men are. I know. Right. Who are the main characters and who are the supporting characters? Totally. And like, you I can't do that knock with all every, kinds of things. I can't knock on every door in Alaska, right. but I can get on every television set. Right. 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 I know. I think it's a huge opportunity to change the hearts and minds of people. Um, but you need, but you need like lots of people to be in agreement about, about it. Right. That is the trick. Yeah. And also to see when to try and, just kind of turn things a little bit and went to be like, no, it's cool. Let's, let's just dance. You know what I mean? Like it's not yeah. all message all the time. It's like, how do you storytell? Right. Well, because you still want, you're still an entertainer and you still want to, to give people that satisfaction of, of seeing something that they really enjoy. And so it it takes talent and it takes thoughtfulness and, you know, but also like just the same way that a commercial makes you want to eat a hamburger you know, yeah, and a commercial also explains what a hamburger is. It'll, you know, and that's right. the dumbest analogy I've ever made. But you know what I mean? Like, it's the empathy yeah. of storytelling that actually gets a bigger picture on the on the issue, not just like yeah. the message of the issue. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a big job. You guys have a big job. Well, it is and it isn't. You you have it too, Casey, because you work within the industry and you write and you make choices. Like we made choices how we ran our show and you know we're all we really did it was very choice based it was extremely choice based (laughs) so we like to talk a lot about pivots on the pod because I think it's interesting for people I mean you've now 21 years you've been working in this industry um do you have like a a pivot in which you know either it was like a job that you thought you were going to get and then it didn't work out but something else happened or just like the rug came out from under you. Yeah. And you thought like, well, this is it. Personal or professional, either one. Yeah. I mean, like I had, I had met, I had worked with a, uh, like a series of actors that I really admired. Like I worked with Guy Pierce and then Christian Bale and then this um, Mexican um, actor named Jose Maria Yaspic. And seeing the three of them working with us like one, two, three in a row, they had this ability to make choices in the moment in a scene that I thought was very surprising. Their preparation was something that I hadn't seen before, or I didn't know how they were how they were doing that. You know what I mean? When you like work mm-hmm. with an actor and you're like, how are you doing that? And <laughs> at least that was my experience. And so um, that, when I came home from the movie with, um, Chema Yaspik, uh, the writers went on strike. It was the WGA strike that kind of went on for a long time. And so I, um, the work I was 14 years ago, guys, 14 years ago, just for reference. Cause I, I got pregnant cause there was, there was a strike. <laughs> so because there was a strike, um, we weren't working and I went to a bunch of different actors that I knew in the city who I admired and I asked them who their teacher was. And then I went and studied with that teacher for two years. So I sort of threw out 
my style of working and began again after I saw these actors that could do something that I couldn't do. And I felt like that was a real pivot for how I work. I mean, that's kind of like, you know, very nuts and bolts. I don't know if your people aren't into acting. Maybe that's not interesting, but like. Well, no, I actually think it's super interesting because I think it's, it's a different kind of pivot. It's like you very well could have just continued on doing the thing that you did, but you saw a different way of working and you're like, what is that? I want to know what that is. Yeah. There are people that you meet who are better at your job than you. And so like, Mm -hmm. even though you, at that point I was, whatever it was, 10 years into work, I was like, I want to do better than what I'm doing. Are you still, would you still work with the teacher? Yeah. She's quite old now. Um, I actually just um, read this new play that I'm trying to get in. And I thought like, oh, um, before the reading of this play, uh, I'm going to send it to my teacher, even though she was so old and probably was like, leave me the fuck alone. Um, <laughs> and be like, okay, um, read, this, read this play and then let's get on the phone and then tell me everything that I'm going to do wrong. And then let me ask you a thousand questions. I'm fascinated. Did you watch the Val documentary? No, but you know, I, I, ah! did, I did two movies with him. So I'm so excited to watch it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Tell me which movies, tell me which movies you did. I did this movie with him, um, called George and the Dragon, which is like about the first century crusade and St. George. And then Uh I uh did, um, this kind of Philly mob movie called, um, 10th and Wolf. Oh my God. Did you, did you have a good experience with Val? I'm like a huge fan of his work. Yes. And he's one of those chameleon actors that I, even from like, now I'm going to date myself, but like he did that movie Willow. Do you remember that movie Willow? Yeah. We talked we about love. Willow extensively. Like I started, are you ready for this paper? I started a film reviewing club in fourth grade because of Willow. <laughs> oh my God. This is the cutest thing ever. Oh my God. I want to yeah. tell my nieces to have a film reviewing club in there. School. Yeah. That movie, like I loved that movie so much. And that's about Me Miller. too. And it was yeah. like, so adventurous and romantic and like magical. Um, yeah, he, he was very different in both movies. You know, he's a real chameleon. And in the second movie, um, he was also preparing to do Jesus Christ superstar or some kind of biblical musical. So his hair was so weird and he was making really (laughs) weird, weird choices in the scenes. I mean, from what I can tell from the documentary, he's, he's, pretty much like method. He's like method actor. And which is the thing, I don't know if you identify as that, but I feel like it's only men that do because they have to put on like a lot of bells and whistles in order to like make it like worthy, you know? It's like, guys, you can have your fucking process. You don't have to like stay in it all the fucking time. Right. Well, I also feel like only men can get away with it because who's going to like put up with a woman acting like Mary Dodd Lincoln walking in? (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Run into, I have to say, like in the last few years, like some people saying, some men actually, actors saying that they're method and then wanting to be called, you know, like whatever they're like. I even got a, I won't say who it was, but I got, you know, all these people and just say (laughs) it was on a movie and a memo came out that was like printed on paper and handed to the cast and it said, like, Mr. blah, blah, blah would like to be referred to as his character name, blah, blah, blah. Um, oh please do that. And I was like, <laughs> if Mr. Blah, blah, blah thinks he is his character, who wrote the memo? 
Correct. <laughs> so that if, is- you, if you're coming out of the method school, uh, there isn't a memo. There isn't. I'm like, so there's this like also this like fake method thing going on where it's yes. just like, you want me to like do all the believing, but you're not doing any of the work. Yeah, I was gonna say, I feel like if I was in that situation, I would not be able to resist being passive aggressive and saying, I will refer to you as your character name if you make me believe it. Well, I but if say- not, I'm going right back to your <laughs> to your was real name. Another actor in the movie who was a young man, I was very proud of him. And like, I looked down the row of chairs when he was like reading the memo, he's also quite famous. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I said, are you going to call him blah, blah, blah? And he said, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> like, I'm really excited to watch this go down. That is, is hilarious. Kind of exciting. Yeah. Like There's a little intrigue. Nothing, nothing more sure to get the exact opposite reaction than you were intending than an official memo. Can I tell you, I've gotten official memos about like not looking certain people in the eye on sets. And I always look that person in the eye. Sometimes then I'll never look at them again. weird i do think that like a lot of like mythology gets built up around actors from like the 60s and 70s and so then like these people like it seems like they're just trying to emulate a thing that they admired yeah and they think if they like but that isn't really truthful to them but you know and they just and it's just like men just need a lot of bells and whistles they just need like a lot of accoutrement I get it. Like, if you have an accent that's very different from the accent you're doing, or if you speak a different language than the language that you're doing, sometimes for for the ear, for vocals, you need to sort of stay in a vocal pattern or a language. My God, if you're so smart that you your first language is Korean and you're doing a film in English and you just speak English all the time just to like practice and be. Facile? Oh, fine, of course, you know? A hundred percent. But like, I'm not going to call you. That's like, not what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, we're not talking, we're not talking about But you can't go around being like, please refer to me as Mr. Megorium and act like I really work in a wonder emporium. <laughs> Thank you. So please refer to me as President Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to refer to you as President Lincoln. Thank you. Next time I see you. I'll send you a memo. You're like you in forget. a... You're in a real, like, you're work, work, working right now. Like, really working. Yeah. How does it feel? It's so good. Like, I'm at that exhausted place where it, like, gets easier in a way. Like, there's a point at a, of exhaustion where I have less defensive insecurity. And so I think the acting gets a little better. I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what about. I mean? Yes. Like, yes. You can't worry so much about shit that you shouldn't be worried about anyway because you're just like, I got to work out. I got to eat. I got to learn my lines. I got to rehearse. I got to. And like, there's no time to be like, I don't know, like this shade of blonde. Like, yeah, it all goes. <laughs> yeah. Or just even overthinking what you're doing or, yeah, totally. it just all kind just of has executing. to fall away. I always joke that my best acting is when I am slightly sick. Because you're not so judgy of yourself because you don't have the bandwidth for it. That's really no. true. And I just kind of like let it go and I'm like just in this scene and I just got to do it and then I'm going to go lie down. You know, like 
It's like definitely that's uh, I don't know. That's my best acting, guys. Um, that's my best acting tip for any of you out there who want to be actors. <laughs> Go track down Piper's old <laughs> acting coach and exhaust get a little yourself. Sick. Exhaust yourself. Um, I really think you should watch it. I, I would be curious about your take on it, especially considering the fact that you worked with him twice. Um, I do feel like he is very aware of like at this point in his life, like with everything that's happened health wise and, and everything that's sort of changed for him. Like I feel like he is very aware of maybe how he used to be mm. and how he was perceived. And then mm. also just maybe some of, some of the things that he like maybe could have been better done better at. Yeah. I think Wouldn't you say Casey? Isn't yeah. Like I think, an, yeah. I think he's fairly um, like open and, and frank about that. I, I have yeah. to say that this is just, I mean, spoiler alert, Piper, for when you watch it, okay. his, I think his adult daughter lives, like, I think they live in some kind of like, Duplex, duplex. Or, duplex. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. live in a duplex. So she lives right next door to him. And so there's a number of scenes where they're going into their doors at the same time or coming out. He's very funny with his son who had a big part in the documentary. But every time he his daughter walks away from him, he puts his hand over his heart in a way that made me <laughs> like cry like, every single time, yeah. weep every single time. Oh my he God. just looks so delighted to have seen his daughter and so delighted to like that she's just there and exists and i'm like and she's like a full adult you know a full adult woman fully formed woman and he's just like oh my god my daughter and yeah and also that like i don't know i feel like maybe he went through a period of time in his career that lots of people do and i've seen it happen and then i've seen it come back around it's always fucking fascinating when it comes back around like where he was he maybe didn't embrace the roles that like the public loved of his and now he's in a place where he's like just so grateful he goes to these like comic cons even though he's like struggling so much with the health with the you know, his tracheotomy and like, you know, his cancer and everything and like signs everything and like meets every person and like has an interaction with them and thanks them. And like, it's just like really, it's really incredible to see. And I think just also as like, as an artist, like as a person, a creative person who like wants to, or who, who does make stuff and puts stuff in the world, just his his view of everything has was really interesting. I think you'd like it. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. I mean, I think that's a, like a real struggle for like, you don't want to, if you look at the fame or you look at the public and what they like, like does that affect your ability to make the work? And then like, it's kind of scary to have all that, att- you know, it's sort of like, uh, but that, so then you're like, okay, can I just like go be by my, and, but then you're like, wait, where did you guys go? I mean, it's such a confusing thing. I can see how people get turned around. I mean, I don't know how anyone isn't turned around at all moments in this business. Um, how do you feel like you didn't get turned around? <laughs> um, I don't know that that's true. I, 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 I mean, I was sort of lucky at the beginning, like those, you know, those years, those like late nineties years were uh, a, a weird time in the business. And like, depending on who you happen to be sat next to in the things is like whether you were safe or not or whether you had access to good advice or bad advice and um you know I was just like you know there were 
producers who were dangerous. And like, I was lucky that like other actresses whispered to me, like, don't go to that party. You know what I mean? But like, and so I didn't, and so I didn't go, but like, it could have just as easily have gone, you know, it's part of it's luck. I'm sure part of it is luck, but also I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like you're obviously very, very smart woman and have always been a really smart woman. And I've gotten to know you a little bit over the years. And I just feel like you also have like a really good heart. You know, you're talking about like your evolution to like becoming this really powerful activist. Um, if, If people don't know uh, Piper's out there doing all kinds of stuff all the time, um, which is amazing, like balancing a career and a life and all of your activism. But it comes from a, a place that I think was probably always you at your core. Thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, I also think like I ran into good people too. You know what I mean? Like that were like, come with us or go over here or like, can I give you a ride? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's a combination of a lot of things. It's a, it's yeah. Start for sure. It is. It is. And the fact that like you even, you know, you have your 45 minute call with your dad still like, you know, you have like there's when people especially like get into any sort of creative pursuit, but they have roots to their families or maybe it's chosen families. Maybe it doesn't always have to be. Yeah. You know, but they have like strong roots. And I, I really do think that is a. I don't know. That seems to be a common thread as far as the people that I know who've been able to really maintain like career longevity and not like losing their fucking minds. (laughs) Right. You know, and like being a good, you know, like being able to like stay the course of a thing that is at times like overwhelmingly difficult to navigate for lots and lots of different reasons. It's like you know? what it looks like from the outside and what it is from the inside are almost the inverse of each other. And yes. there's not, if there's no one to really ask, you know, I, I, I think because how you manage it is your own process. But like now later in life, like I've been so lucky to like meet other people who are like nice in the business. And so then like over like a tr- trust and relationship, you should be like, how do you, um, when this happens, you know what I mean? But when you're 20, I don't know how you do that. I mean, it's truly a potential recipe for disaster. Oh yeah. Like, like, like disaster is like the nice version of how bad it can go. Yes. Yes. Well, we've seen it, but you've seen, like everybody, you've seen it. You know what it is at its, at its disaster level, you know? So whenever anyone comes out better than a disaster, I'm like, wow, good for them. That's like, (laughs) that's a very strong, smart person with a good head on their shoulders. It is a recipe for disaster. It, It has the potential to be unhealthy in every single way for a person. Yeah. I also am really glad that you turned down the or that you told them that you weren't going to be on the cover of Maxim at that point like that seems like I feel like people listening probably don't understand how fucking insane that would have been like I got bullied into doing it by just like a casting head of casting at some studio that was like if you don't do Maxim FHM or whatever the other what was it stuff yeah. Yeah. like you're never getting cast in a movie. 
ever. Like literally, like this was like, I was like, it, it felt like I, it's so arch. It feels like I've made it up. I, I did know. not make it. I sat there and like was told by multiple people in my life and then had this like general with the head of casting at a studio who was like, you got to get on this list. You got to get on the Maxim Hot 100 list or you're not getting cast in any movies. And, and I was just like, okay, I guess this is the moment where I crawl around in my underwear in a fucking Smashbox studio <laughs> and like just didn't have the, you know, well, like, who the things to say. Ask? Like, I you can't. know what I mean? Like, you're a kid. Like, who do you ask? And also, like, you can't just call up Meryl Streep and be like, Meryl, you're not in the top 100 and you seem to be getting movies. Like, how's that work? You know what I mean? Like, how do you call, like, you know what, like, Isabella Rossellini or like Isabella Pair and be like, hey, um, can I have Judy Dench's like house phone and just ask her, like, how to, you know, like, how. how it was very of the moment too. It was very of the moment. Totally. And like, it was thankfully, everywhere. I mean, there's always, yes, yes. But like, I am like just very, I have to say, I'm so impressed that you were like, no, I can't because my little brother is going to be horrified. Well, I was also um, like, you know, if you say like, if you have a real reason, what are they going to say? You know what I mean? Like, I felt that way about, about the refugee crisis. I'm like, when I came back from Greece and I would say like, um, you know, this is what's happening with the Syrian refugee crisis. And people would say, like, what do you know? I'd be like, well, I just came from Lesbos, and this is what I saw. It's like, if you're talking about your own personal experience, who's going to step to you? Right. It's actually the most powerful thing you can do is say, why for you this matters? Because that's not a point that's up for discussion. Yes, I agree. I think that's... That's actually really good advice. She's <laughs> she's wise, folks. She's a wise she's woman. Wise. Um, <laughs> well, I know we need to let you go because um, you probably have to go dance. I seriously sing. Going how to much? Sh- I have to dance rehearsal today. Well, not sing. Wait, you're not singing. No, da- I have dance rehearsal. You're just dancing. dancing. Yeah, I have dance rehearsal. <laughs> singing's optional. Singing's just for no recreation. Singing, please. No singing. Just the dancing is enough. <laughs> oh my god i i'm i think it's so great and the show the i watched the first episode oh, and i thought it was super cute and i loved it and it feels like i feel like people are gonna love it it does yeah. feel also i was wondering the same thing i know it was based on the real reality show from the uk i wonder if they will spin off and do a reality show oh. based on the scripted series that would be an amazing idea. Well, I should well, be the head of a network, Piper. No one ever said that I it. Couldn't. I'm going to pitch it back. I'm going to pitch it back and be like, um. Just take it to them. I'm going to take it, it to them. them. And then when they say yes, I'm going to be like, well, it wasn't my idea. Busy's got to host it. <laughs> Busy said she will EP. I actually have to go and do billions. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, oh, also, but wait, before we go, I have to say the most important thing to you that I have to like, that you don't have any fucking idea about, but I need you to know this. Or maybe you do. Okay. I, no, you probably don't. How would you know this? Um, you are like an investor in Jack's wife, Frida. Uh-huh. It is my favorite restaurant in the world. <laughs> And it has been for years. Yes. Okay. So listen, so I am a real West coast LA bitch. And anytime I would come to New York, I was always like, I always felt out of place. I walked down the street. I'm wearing like, everybody is like, 
it's very clearly a person from Los Angeles. I'm like covered in <laughs> crystals and wearing bright yellow and like I just like have giant just wear, sunglasses like, on. Yeah. And I people I I have had people literally people have come up to me on the street before and they're like, oh, busy Phillips. I'm like, wait, how did you like see? Well, how did you know it was me? And they're like, oh, I saw you from like, like two blocks away because no one looks like you here. Like I look like a crazy person in New York. But a couple of years ago when I was like, or four, five years ago, six years, what's time? I don't know. Whenever at some point, and I always was like, I never know where to eat in New York. And I always felt like I'm not cool enough. And it brought me right back to being like in my early twenties and feeling like I wasn't cool enough to go to the MTV movie awards. Like I was like, I don't know what the cool restaurants are. I don't know where you can go. I don't know what to eat. And also like in LA, we just eat like just kind of like good food. That's like healthy and it's not that deep or nachos. And, um, and, and then Michelle Williams, my best friend who took me to Jack's wife, Frida on Lafayette. And I was like, Oh, this is it. Like, this is, I feel so comforted here. I feel like I'm home. I like love it. I can have my peri peri chicken and like a glass of rose. And every time I would come to New York for work, which has been a lot in the last five years, like a ton, I've flown here for work sometimes for like two days, three days, sometimes for two weeks, whatever. The first, like my first, I would always go to, to Jack's wife, Frida. It's my like, it's like my home. And now I live here. (laughs) And I still, now I still go to Jack's Wife. It makes me so happy. And like, you have to, we have to go there together so I can introduce you to the other owners and the manager. Because like, honestly, like the way I got involved with it was that the maitre d' at a, like, I love restaurant culture. I love chefs. I love everything about restaurant. I'm like a terrible cook and I love restaurants and everything about them. And the maitre d' at this restaurant where I ate, I'm not kidding you, three times a day, I would go, I ate there so much, I would go to staff meals so that I I would sit with staff and eat dinner with the staff. (laughs) And because I was otherwise my milk. So um, that maitre d' married another maitre d' at a restaurant that I loved. And we like a party for that. And then I went to their wedding and then they decided to open Jack's Way Freedom and they needed investors. And like Dean and Maya, who are like the main working owners of Jack's Way Freedom, when I would fly into New York, when we just had Lafayette Street, I would, because of so many nights when Dean was just a major D, I would go and eat my supper with him. So I would fly into New York City from some job and you know, like you get in, it's like the plane, whatever. It's like 11 o'clock at night and like the kitchens are starting to close and you're like, where do I go? I would literally call Lena Jacks and be like, I'm here. I'm coming. I would go right from JFK to Jack's. You can put your suitcases in the kitchen. Dean already has the chicken ready to go. Like the bottle of wine's open. He's sitting in the corner booth like, where were you? What was going on? And like you, it's the greatest feeling to go right from the airport to the corner booth. You just feel so like, okay, now I'm here. I know what's going on in the hood. Well, listen, it's been a real like saving grace for me. And when we moved here sort of unexpectedly, I was like, I don't know any, except for Jack's wife, Frida. Like, I was just like, I just know, I know I'll be at home there. Like, I'm so you know, glad. so I love it. I'm so glad. I can't wait to eat there together. I know, me too. Okay, well, let me know when you're back okay. after you finish all these things. Okay, cool. Because I'm here. Great. Um, Piper, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was so fun to talk with you guys. It was so nice to see you. All right. And Uh, everybody check out all of Piper's many TV shows, The Big Leap. Yeah, The Big Leap on September 20th and Yellowstone on November 7th. Wow. God, it's wild. 
And also follow um, her on social media because she has a lot of smart and wise things to say. And she's a good follow. And uh, I know a lot of people are looking for like activism tips that listen. And, and so uh, I think you'll pick up some interesting stuff. I agree. Thanks, you guys. <laughs> Have a great day. You too. Bye, Enjoy Chicago. Bye. 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 All right, we're back. We're back. Um, so you're going to you're going out of town. Mm-hmm. You feel good about it. Yes. Are you nervous about? I mean, no, I'm nervous about traveling. I'm nervous about being around people. I know there's going to be parties, which I'm probably going to avoid. I'm sorry to say, but um, right, because is- it's not like what I was doing. Which, by the way, we were still masked. Right, masked on. And- tested and we were tested then masked inside and on top of it no one left we were all there we were like exactly quarantining exactly so this will be people in like a strange town and like you know and mixing in the town and mixing together so I'm a little nervous about COVID breakthrough because I'm just particularly cautious but also I'm trying to like not freak out about and just be cautious you know that's all you can do is be cautious you can only control yourself Casey you cannot control others exactly speaking of which I feel like I do want like Mexican food tonight for dinner (laughs) see you're not that changed well it's so funny I the food thing has been a real thing for me you know and the body stuff too which is like definitely like a perfect example of something that I intellectually know can like talk about the things that I know to be true. Yeah. And yet that fucking dark heart will come out. The dark side will come out, worm its way into my brain and tell me just the worst things about my body and myself and like, you know what I mean? And like food and all that stuff. I do think I do notice a change in the way that I'm like, in the way that I feel and the way that I, I really, I notice like an actual fucking change. Good. That's good. I think, um, yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. Like obviously like food is like a coping mechanism for people too, but also it's like, it's also a way that people punish themselves and it's really complicated because everything else that we use to shut ourselves down or to like pump ourselves up in a way you can live without it, but food you have to eat to live. And so it gets to like a weird thing where it's like, you can really overanalyze what you're trying to do with food instead of just feeding yourself. It's so exhausting sometimes. Yeah. And it's hard too, because like actually in one, one exercise that was super helpful, Drew was like, we have to be able to hold a couple things here. One is like a negative belief pattern that you are holding on to because of lot for your own reasons that we can trace, that we can like sort of like trace back, right. you know? The other is like a societal truth. Right. But how much of the societal truth do you want to hold because how much can you before it starts to like suffocate you? Right. Right. Yeah. And that was like pretty wild for me. Yeah. 
It's interesting. I mean, it's interesting. Because sometimes your shit does get overlapped with the patriarchy, societal bullshit. Yeah. uh, You know, current ideas about beauty standards, right? uh, white supremacy even, like all of these other things. And so then you're like, you have to like pull apart a bunch of shit to try to free yourself from any of it because you have to be able to, that's the thing. Like you have to be able to identify and be aware, but they do, they have this whole thing about awareness hell, which I feel like is part of why I've been, it's been so hard for me, especially in the last bit, is that I was in awareness hell. I knew some things, but I could not stop feeling a certain way about them. Right, right. Yeah, this all makes sense. This all, it'll be very interesting to see See your journey. Let's just see, guys. Let's just see who I turn into. <laughs> I'm like a butterfly who's just emerged from her cocoon. Well, you definitely did your best best this week. All-time best, maybe. I think it was my all-time best. <laughs> I really do. One of them, at least. But it was like my all-time best for spiritual growth and personal growth. And also like the first time, first time in my entire fucking life where I was like, I have actual deep self-love and compassion, and I am able to forgive myself, really forgive myself for some shit. Yeah. And, like, move forward That's without, good. like, a string yeah, holding me back. back. Yeah. That's good. That makes yeah. me happy for you. Me too. I feel very tired though right now. <laughs> well, well, then we can just, you know, tell everyone that now that Busy's back, we'll pick a date for book club. Yeah. The book, We're going to pick a date for book club. The book is No One Is Talking About This. Yeah. And then I want to read Rachel Cusk's new book next, but let's okay. do this one first. Okay. Yeah. We'll get Heather and- on board. Book club. Yeah. Maybe we'll get someone else to do Rachel Cusk's book with us. You know who yeah. we should get? We should get Michelle Williams to do it. Oh, that'd with be us. She loves Rachel Cusk. That'd be so great. Um, and also a lot of you reached out to say that you absolutely wanted that rainbow shirt when you were a kid and you didn't get it. Oh, Casey, you might have I found heard- a picture of my sister wearing it. Oh my God, really? <laughs> yes. I'm going to send it to you. Okay. Well, we're going to experiment. Summer's going to experiment with making one for me. And if it works, then we'll maybe we'll do pre-orders. And, I love it. And fill the rainbow shirt shaped hole in everyone's <sighs> heart. Busy's literally yawning. She's literally too tired to go on. <laughs> I'm so tired. Um, I need to rest. Yeah. I also hosted a thing for Repro Rights earlier today. Yes. Um, How'd it go? It was great. It was really good. Good. Monica Simpson from Sister Song was on it. There was a lawyer that was on it from Texas who's on a, I don't know, on a board of some things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sarah Sophie Flicker. We're talking just about like action items and how we can. This Supreme Court case, I, the uh, Texas law fucking sucks. That is yeah. not 
Let's there. There's no way else to say it. Fucking sucks. But the real. It's a red herring, guys. It's almost like basically a red herring. The Supreme Court case that's going to be in hearing arguments on December 1st, Dobbs in Jackson, from Jackson, Mississippi. It's the Dobbs case. Okay. That's the one that could overturn right Roe for real, for real, okay. for real. So keep your eyes on that. Keep your eyes on that, but keep vocal, keep calling people, keep, I mean, I don't even know. Do the Supreme Court justices have Instagrams maybe? But keep <laughs> tagging. Yeah. <laughs> but just like keep, keep vigilant. Stay vigilant on that one. Stay vigilant. They do, they do end up swaying to public opinion. If you can make it to one of these rallies to this weekend, just fucking show up. Sometimes all you have to do is show up. That's all I, I would implore you to do is to show up this weekend. If you don't, if you're like abortion is a sin, I get it. But, but bodily autonomy is the only way to have equality. And this is so much bigger than anyone's belief rooted in religion about when conception, like when a human starts. Right. When life begins, as they say. Right. Bertie, we saw, we were driving back yesterday. I was picking up Bertie from a friend's house and Bertie's like, eh, that person has a bumper sticker that says life begins at conception. And I said, well, that person obviously believes that. We believe something else. I believe something else. And most of the time (laughs) in this country, what someone's religious belief is doesn't impact the way that I live my life. It ha- in historically speaking it has in the past and right. they've changed laws to make sure that it doesn't. So we can have compassion for that person and we can send them love that they're not trying to take the rights away from others just because they hold a particular belief. And then Bertie was like, "Ugh, is this what you're going to be like now? I hate it." <laughs> I was like, yeah, maybe. It might be. Uh, was like, oh, you're so changed from your retreat. Was it fun? Did you have a good time? And I was like, you're in a real shit mood. And <laughs> it was really amazing, Bertie. And I love you so much. And you're such an incredible spirit. <laughs> but I do feel like you need some food. <laughs> um, so, yeah. All right. Well, I think we lost her. Me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just got like, I had to take a gummy for my throat. Like not a, not like a pot yeah. gummy, guys. Like a. Just a gummy. Like a little candy. But people are trying to find me houses. Oh, uh, yeah. But you got one, right? I think we might have just now, but um, I don't know. We'll see. Well, knock on wood. Hopefully that door will open for you just like pizza and Nintendo. (laughs) (laughs) I love you so much. You guys, and I love you. And I can't tell you, I just want to like, from the bottom of my changed self-love heart, I love you guys so much. And 
you know, now I'm going to cry again. I think that when I said that on our show, that first test show or when we were saying goodnight. Yeah. And I looked into the camera and I said, I love you. I know it's been a thing that you and I have talked about. We've talked about it in meetings, whatever. But it really was like, I really genuinely like just want people to be able to feel love. It's all there is. It's fucking all there is, is for people to to feel seen and loved. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I think everything, I think even all of the bad things that people do are in like a, a mistaken pursuit of feeling seen and feeling loved. Oh, well, that's 100%. Yes. And that's where it's hard, but like if you can find it in your heart to have compassion for people, and I can't always, I can't always, but sometimes I do because it's just like if we were more free and freely gave love and didn't make people pay so dearly for our love, then maybe a lot of the bad choices that people make, they wouldn't choose. They wouldn't feel backed into a corner. This is what I'm saying to you. Like, it all is self-love. And I was saying it because I wanted it. And I didn't, I just didn't fucking have it. Yeah. And it is crazy now that I have it, how different everything looks. It's why, like... I felt like I was on acid. <laughs> I'm, I swear to God, because it's like, I don't need anything from you. I right. don't want anything from you. I have it for myself. And all the rest of it is just like it's icing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I went icing. You went savory. I go sweet. <laughs> exactly. I love you, Casey. I love you too. I'm happy you're back. Me too. I am too. Aww. We love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Bye. Oh, no.